All right, we're rolling. It's episode 41 of 3P Set Podcast, reporting to you live from Dead End Studios. Yeah. Speaking of Dead End Studios, we got special guest Ken. In the building. In Thank the you. building. Thank you for having me. I'll try not to get y'all in trouble. <laughs> no, no, hey, fine. we want all the controversial, hot takes, any problematic ideas. Your No, give us your controversial truth right here, right now on 3P Set Podcast. What is one of your controversial truths? Oh my! Um, about what? Anything. Anything. The black album. The black album is overrated. What? You don't like Jay Z? Wow! That's the black album the overrated. That's what I want. Yep. I actually, overrated? I actually think the black album is a perfect album. Oh man! This thing is a perfect album. I mean, I honestly, I don't, I really don't understand that statement because of how many, There's how many were in a trench coat right now. Like how many, how many hits were and on that was. album? Like that was an album that was crafted for just like singles. Mm-hmm. Even I, if he, I don't, I don't. How many, how many albums were like that in hip hop where they were just like crafted for singles? Like it's like a pop, it's like a hip hop album, a hip hop pop album. Yeah, and then even, even if you don't care for the symbol fourth, which I skip a lot of the time, it's still a great song. But it just gets ripped. Yeah, Allure, Change yeah, Clothes. Allure, Change Clothes. Um, even it has some good ends, songs on it. Even as on my, on my first song, that's... I do per- actually like Change if Clothes. Jay-Z, if my first song would have been Jay-Z's last song... Dirt Off Your Shoulders? What more can I say is my joint? What more can I say? 99 Problems? 99 Problems! It's, yeah, all So that. you're saying you fuck with it, but it's, it's just, just overrated. overrated. It's overrated. Do you, do you, Jay-Z tricked everybody. That's what he does. He's he's a master. He's a trickster. So yeah. if, it, if he didn't announce that it was his last album, it wouldn't be as in high regard as it is today? Nope. Nope, not at all. I think people were so caught up in their feelings and their emotions of him retiring mm. that they poured all of that into the album. And, you know, they... You, you just do just do everybody for the okey-doke. Yeah, and then he came back and... It's like, I'm about to have my MJ moment. It's mm-hmm. like, how can he do that? He's, he was just making... <laughs> he was making too much money. How could he retire? That's the point. Yeah. Like, like, why would you retire? <laughs> it's a good marketing mm-hmm. uh, strategy. I don't know if it was on Fade to Black or... I just saw an interview about it. But the idea was that every... All the big name producers, you're only supposed to get, like, one beat. So it's like, mm-hmm. all right, you got to go... get one chance... To make this album. This is your one get off. That was the, the concept of it. And I think uh, DJ Premier he did an interview a while back. He was like, "Yeah, actually the Black Album puts me just me and Hove. Mm. I was gonna do the whole album, and then like things happen. It yeah, I'm glad that, that I'm really glad that that didn't work out. <laughs> he don't like he don't like DJ Premier. I do, but an entire but it, with that, with that not having a lore, not having 99 problems, not I mean, having dirty for shoulders. I, I feel you. That would have been tight. Uh, entire, uh, Jay-Z, DJ, man, they have great songs together. They do. So you would have preferred that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I know. Because, like, it really, I mean, I think Allure is one of my favorite uh, Neptune's productions. Just because just, just because of the chords he's playing. I mean, Allure, plus, plus, plus all this thinking, that, that was, like, it, for, I guess, like, personally, because I was in, like, what, elementary school, mm-hmm. beginning of middle school when the album came out. Oh, when uh, the Black Album came out? Yeah. yeah. Came out like two, oh, 2003, yeah. I think. You were in your formative years. Yeah, so it was, like, <laughs> so like, like, like 99 problems, dirt off your shoulders. Like, mm-hmm. when, this, when this came out? That's going to hit you differently. Yeah, yeah, when everybody was, like, pushing their shoulders off. That's, yeah. that's like, peak, it was that peak MTV, TRL. Mm-hmm. I was like, Rap City to Basement. That's, that's back when they were actually playing the music videos. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I was a fully formed adult. <laughs> like that's, that, that was like that up. was like the peak, peak era, and then it, like Jay Z just had hit after hit after hit after hit. 
Yeah, it got some good songs on it. Literally, I think the Black Album is how I judge every other rap album by. Oh my God, don't that, do that. I wouldn't do that yeah. at all. No, no, not like it has to live up to the Black Album, but I was like, I consider the Black Album a perfect album. So it's like, all right, you have to give me a similar feeling or better to make that make me say, oh, this is a great album or a perfect album. So, like, oh, yes, it's on that, on that level. So your rating scale is one to Black Album? Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> That's. I mean, I, I don't know, because I feel like they essentially took the they essentially took the the Illmatic route for that album. Like he saw mm-hmm. the, he saw the formula of no, like, who, like who, who's ever like the best produ- whoever whoever are the best producers of that time giving you like singles like yo whatever the best that you have right now for an album. Yeah, I don't. Know. I mean, you can't you can't really lose when you're oh, getting, talking about in terms of the producers that he got. Yeah, for yeah. it was it was a, it was kind of a cheat code. Yeah. Oh, it definitely was a cheat code. Like I said, the Black Album, I just feel it has everything you'll want in the rap. It has the hits, if you want them. It got, like, deep album cuts, if you want them. It has... The hooks are good. The, but I the don't beats think, are good. I, just, I, I understand the comparison to how you, how you got to uh, that conclusion. I don't know if Nas set out to do that, though. Um, it, it wasn't in his mind to do that. Right. I think yeah. it just kind of organically happened. Like, he just happened to know the, at the time's best producers. Yeah, yeah, and they all came together. Yeah, mm-hmm. turned out to be. I mean, some were already icons back in the day, but they turned out to be legends as we know them now. Jay Z already went and got the legends. I saw the Ninth Wonder. He was still, you know, on his come up um, when he did uh, when he got threats. But most of the other ones, I mean, it's easy. Timbaland, Pharrell, Neptune, whoever you want to give credit to, like that's easy. That, they, that hits after hits after hits, just in beats alone. Yeah, just just, yeah. just it was. Yeah, I feel like it was just a well, it's just like a, a really, really well crafted album. I can, I can, I, I, but I can't understand how it's <clears throat> overrated for that fact. Yeah, like when you when you, it's kind of like a you're telling it like it's like it's like that narrative story is kind of like a Disney ending mm. of an album. It it is because it's like, did you believe him at the time? And I remember when he announced the retirement. It was like, nah, he's coming back. He's coming back, but a lot of people felt like yeah. it was it for him. <laughs> yeah. Man, he I, was old. Yeah, I distinctly remember that summer I was coming back from DC, and on the radio through like North Carolina, they was on the radio talking about, yeah, Jay Z's last album is about to come out. This is gonna be his last one. Like, what's the rap game gonna be without Jay Z? And I get, I had Fine. to be like, I had to be like in the third or third, fourth grade maybe. And I was like, yeah, I was like, dang, this is Jay Z's last album, but also the Black Album was the first album I ever bought. Like, I actually have my own money. I went to Best Buy and bought it with my own cash. Man. I want to say Food and, Lic- Food and Liquor. Food and Liquor was the first album I owned. But I got my mom to buy me that. But, like, yeah, yeah. Like, when I had a job or I had enough cash to go out to Best Buy and buy an album, it was the Black Album. That's like, all right, I need this. Like, this is essential. That's not a bad story to tell your grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel that. But shit, Josh, uh, you said you were watching what movie now? It's Money on Talks. Netflix. Money Talks. Money Talks. Uh, it's a film that came out in 1997 starring Chris Tucker and Charlie Sheen. What uh, an odd pairing. Yeah. I mean, when you, I guess, like, looking back at the at the career of them two, it, 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 I think it really, it really was an odd pairing. It's no Rush Hour. It's one of the, it's one <laughs> of the very few movies that Chris, like, Chris Tucker was in before Rush Hour because he really didn't, he didn't do anything after Rush Hour, did he? No, I think his first movie was Friday. Yeah, he did Friday. He did. I think like Rush after Rush Hour two or something like that. They put him on a contract. I was like, hey, 
you can't do it. He, that was because of contract? Yeah, I think it was the, It was either Rush Hour 1 or Rush Hour 2. Where it's like, you can't do any of the movies. We don't want you to be out here Kevin Hart. No, no. Fucking... He didn't do that. Uh, he found Jesus. Oh. And like, I think he moved to Atlanta and he found God. He said he didn't want he to. He found come. Jesus in Atlanta? Yeah, I think so. At the think, I mean, so but the thing, has so, did, so did So did So did Nick. <laughs> No, so well, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I think, no, yeah, I'm pretty sure he moved to Atlanta and he was, he's essentially, you know, the character he played, you know, everyone wanted him to be that character and he was just like, nah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that character anymore. So that's why you didn't see Chris Tucker. So he left movies. the game. He was yeah. the first Dave Chappelle. Yeah. He essentially was like, he'll do a movie, but it had to be the right, the right one. And then even Rush Hour 3, that's the way he just took so long. He had so many edits because he wouldn't he wouldn't agree to do the movie until they like. If you look at Rush Hour One, Rush Hour Two, and then look at Rush Hour Three, granted they're all a lot. Who's older. looking at Rush Hour Three? <laughs> True. <laughs> Chris Tucker's actually just straight up from Atlanta, so there's yeah. that. Yeah, but so like he's a, he's a, he didn't want to. It took a lot of money for him to do Rush Hour Three. I think they ended up paying like fifty million dollars. Mm. It's all right. I'll I, I come at 50 million right. Yeah what, what is he Chelsea Clinton Yeah Confilter mm. Fish Money Talks is good though it's Yeah good it's one of, It's one of those movies That played all the time um, On the movie channels Back day or the, I can't remember which one it, You know it, They they shuffled It's like Whatever it was on the shuffle On HBO stars Back in the uh, Back in the early 2000s But it's one of those, that's one of the movies Where I saw like 20 times And uh, I can't remember I honestly can't remember The last time I saw the movie So to see it on Netflix Finally I, I really appreciated that um, it was it was it was really interesting seeing like the I guess like the character that Chris Tucker plays. It was pretty. It was almost as if this it's the same in every every movie. But I think like <laughs> yeah. like, like like Money Talks was like very much very much like he's he's like almost like the quintessential uh, just black guy off the street and how <laughs> like how how white people expect black people to act like that's. Chris Tucker in the nineties. He's 90s. just straight up in Atlanta, nigga. He's there to yeah. flame you. Yeah, he just went. He just went. Just, just won't stop talking shit. Mm. You remember Fifth, Fifth Element? Element? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it, yeah. He played a JoJo's character, just straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it just it just it also just made me think about like his his uh, catalog of film is actually pretty impressive because when you think about the movies that he actually did. What was it? Ooh, he was like he was in the Fifth Element. He did Friday. He did Jackie Brown. Money Dead talks. Presidents. Dead mm. presidents. Yeah. That's and then one. did the Rush Hours, and then that's all the movies that is done. When you look at those, like I don't know how many movies that is. It could be less than like ten that we can just really know Chris Tucker for. Like it's, I feel like it's pretty impressive for like black comedian actors. Yeah, he really took a big jump. I don't think he was doing stand up comedy for that long. I think he just got the Friday role, and then he was boom, you're a movie star now. Yeah. So it's. Right, delicious for real. Also, um, on Netflix is uh, Love Jones. Yeah, that, that that's on Netflix now. He's like, oh man, I've never seen Love Jones on a DVD. I'm sure it's out there. I've personally what? never seen Lo- on a DVD. Last time I watched it was on a DVD. I, every time I had to see Love I feel Jones, like that's the only I way you have to watch. It. I feel like I, I, like I, I, Love I, I, Jones I on a bootleg VHS. CD. Come on, man. I have it on VHS at my house or bootleg it's CD. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those. That's probably the best way to watch it. Right. That's the it's, rough like, cut. it's like it's like you go to so you go to somebody's uncle's house. It's going to be Blade and Love Jones on on bootleg at the very bare minimum. Did y'all see the um the trailer for that new Issa Rae movie with Lakeith Stanfield? 
Yeah, it was the photograph. Yeah, photograph. I didn't yeah. see the trailer. Is that a horror movie? No, <laughs> it sounds like it should be a horror movie. Though. Just straight up black yeah. love movie. It's straight like, black love. Yeah, like it's a black the ring. <laughs> the photo- oh, are you flipping through the photo book you're like uh, we still got all these pictures like, yeah. who's that dun, dun, the music starts we don't talk about that family member mm. it was that uncle that you don't invite over yeah which is <laughs> real life um, that's for a true horror for a lot of families yeah. <laughs> that's a true horror but um, what's it about I haven't yeah. seen it um, it's about it comes out uh, Valentine's Day uh, next year, of next year, great. But yeah, uh, all the headassery. The movie is about Issa Rae trying to form a relationship with Lakeith Stanfield, but not, but not knowing how. So I think her character's mother never actually found love, or always was in tumultuous relationships. And because she's our mother, never really have a steady or stable relationship. She herself doesn't know how to have a steady or stable relationship. So the whole movie is about them trying to work it out and have one. But Issa Rae. She kind of just plays one character, the awkward, awkward black woman. I mean, that's her, you know that's her kind of niche. So she's essentially that. And Lakeith is already kind of he's playing a different role. He's not like really that weird. He doesn't seem to be that weird black guy. He's more the oh, uh, you see, he's a cool, smooth talker. Yeah, he's a he's a smooth black guy. Like, no, nah, man, I love you. I want I want to make this work. Mm-hmm. That's coming out. And if uh, when it first dropped, I saw a lot of people saying, "Oh man, this gives me Love Jones vibes." I'm like, huh? The disrespect. Okay. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be, you know, I guess like whenever somebody has to compare like times, uh, this would be like, I, I feel, I guess like I feel the comparison of this is this generation's Love Jones, the quintessential love, mm. black, black love movie that isn't too, that isn't uh, Michael Ely and uh, Taraji Hansen. <laughs> yeah. It's I, essentially, it, you know, it's, it's essentially that. I, I could, I could see that um, possibly if it's good. And that was the thing about Love Jones. I mean, it came at a time where I don't think we had a lot of movies like that out. And um, and it was actually good, and it spoke to a lot of people. Um, but when you make that comparison, I, I grew up with Love Jones and remember watching it. I don't watch it over and over again, but um, I remember how people felt when that movie dropped. Mm-hmm. And, um, and for them to try to put the photograph up there with him without even seeing the movie. It's like, Jesus Christ, y'all slow down. It's like we had a debate about rap analytics, right? Mm-hmm. And Nicky Doucet, shout out to No Disrespect Podcast, uh, said something absolutely horrendous. He said, Lil Nas X today will be, is their version of My Summertime by Fresh Prince and uh, so uh, Old Town Road is like summertime. <laughs> he said Old Town Road would be their version of summertime. That doesn't make that now. doesn't make any sense at all. I I guess like currently like is it is like that one song that kind of just blew up and but summertime was like a well respected song yeah, in yeah. hip hop yeah like Will like if anything if. Will Smith doesn't get a lot of respect within hip hop, but he still has summertime. He's, he still has summertime. He also has Wild Wild no, West. No, I think no. He does. So, <laughs> duality. No, I think Will Smith gets more respect around a certain demographic. Who? We didn't, I think older people respect Will Smith. Uh, I, Will, I think Will. Uh, no, uh, uh, no, I think Fresh Prince and Jazzy. Uh, Listen, my dad was. From, my bad dad is from Philly around the time where French Prince is out. He, no. No, I think they had the first double album in in rap. Yeah, I they mean, won they, the first Grammy. They won the first. What are the other Grammy. songs on but that you, album? 
bro. No, <laughs> like that's before my time. No, they did, like. No, he didn't get he didn't get respect at the time. I, I didn't know Wilson was a rapper. I thought that nigga was a comedian, and that's how he got on. With, uh, that nigga's no, an he actor. was a rapper, bro. Yeah, no, I, he's, I, know, I know that now. But oh. when I, when I growing up as a child, oh, Will Smith, he's like a comedian, right? No, like the it's like the era of rap that he was in. It was it was kind of that was more of like a that was more like a phase. But he he was in he was in between. There was like this very eight like nineteen eighty four rap is a very unique area. That's the that's like early KRS one. Run DMC type yeah. rap, and that that only lasted a couple. That only lasted a couple years. Yeah, rap evolved and, and so that, much. That, that didn't have like that does not have like the replay value. Yeah. So that he was in that era of rap and came up and then did the uh, the Fresh Prince. But even in that era when he was when he was rapping, he didn't he didn't get really get respect because they considered him like uh, he was like Black Macklemore. He was respected, but not as a lyricist. I think because you had so much, you had. More diversity back then, and I think mm-hmm. you had space for guys like the Fresh Prince and Kid and Play and stuff like that. So they were cool, uh, they were accepted, um, but we knew who they were. Okay, and they played a specific role. Yeah, because this is the same dude that had Nightmare on Elm Street. Like he was the friendly hip hop rapper at the time, but he could actually rap. He had, I mean, he came out as a serious rapper. He just kind of developed into the character he became. Later on with um, Nightmare on Elm Street, my uh, uh, what's the song where he was boxing? Uh, my I parents think, just don't understand. I and stuff I can, like that. I think I yeah. knock out Mike Tyson or something like that. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Uh, uh, plus, I think his like I guess like during that time, like emceeing as like uh, I guess like entertainment wise, emceeing was very much a thing. Like when you go to a party and like somebody's on the mic who can rap, mm-hmm. I guess like that was his own like niche of being able to do that, and he did that. Very, very well. So I guess like if you go to like his live shows, mm-hmm. that like that very niche of like rap where you're like an MC, it's like an MC and the DJ, like that, like yep. that era of ra- that era of rap is very unique. And they were like, you know, to like they were, they were like they were, they were he was touring with uh, Run DMC at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, yeah, they were, and a lot of those cats were, um, because they they took the craft serious because you had to. And, you know, but he, like I said, I think it eventually morphed into that guy that allowed him to, and I think, what, Quincy Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quincy Jones. got him and was like, yo, you should do this thing, and he did, and then that was it. But I think everything he did prior to that helped get that role, the funny videos with yeah. Mike Tyson and my parents just don't understand. When you're a kid like I was, that stuff, you know, appeals to you because parents don't understand. You do have these dreams. Mike Tyson punch out and all stuff like you can't beat these guys. So he was fun. He was friendly. Parents got it. He didn't and then curse. he had that hit summertime and it was a wrap. And and that's what I was telling um, Nick. I was like, adults, grown-ups were playing that song. And grown-ups may play Lil Nas X and they probably were when it first popped off. But then it became a kid song. And that's what it's become now. My 11-year-old, my 5-year-old, they love that song. When I go to yeah. any of their events and stuff, because, you know, I'm a great <laughs> black dad, uh, we do exist. That's all they're playing. And all the kids love it. So it's become their <laughs> song now. Mm. They're hitting Fortnite dances and shit to it. Yeah. <laughs> Putting it on TikTok. Yeah. yeah. It's, a so whole, it's a whole thing. It, you know, it's catchy. You know, we sing it because it's, it's fun, but we don't take it serious. Yeah, we took summertime serious. 
Like we had the whips, we had the rims, we had the the speakers. So we riding through the through uh, the park, you know, through the strip, and you know, you playing that or whatever, and 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 that was it. So I. I he blew me with that, and everybody else that agreed with him blew my mind too. <laughs> I was just like, "What are y'all talking about?" I mean, maybe they say as far as like the song being as big as it is, and it being cemented. Like someone plays "Summertime" now, there was no one's gonna look at them sideways. And I don't know, maybe five, ten, twenty years from now, and someone plays "Old Town Road," no one's gonna look at that person sideways. Like, oh man, this great song from back in the day before I was born was. This is a, I mean, you could. It's like you get, but you can also say the same thing about Cupid Shuffle. Yeah, like, yeah. like just because no, it's, 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 it's kind of, it's kind of like just because it's like a huge. It's one of the songs that doesn't, live, it doesn't, it doesn't live, mean live. that it's I like hate Cupid Shuffle. I as well. I ooh with a searing yeah, but it, white it, 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 just, it just doesn't mean that it's you know summertime. Mm-hmm. I like some like. I what about this is how we do it? That's more like yeah. This is how we do it. That's more like that's more like summertime. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, so, that song actually got yeah. that, that's that's, that's that actually a, a good song. Yeah, I think that this is how we bops. do it. Falls in that that category of black songs. You as a black person have to know. Like if you go out to a party and the songs come on and you don't you don't know this, people are gonna yeah, look at you. If something, like, something doesn't jump, <laughs> yeah. If my child, if my my one if I have a child, they don't know this is how we do it. I feel like I feel it as a black parent. Or well, like they come on like yeah, dad, they uh they play this weird ass song. Oh, something about the West Side. I, was, I didn't know what was it's going Friday on. It's Friday night. <laughs> they feel all right or something. What? Yeah, we don't do that. We're inside playing games <laughs> online, yelling at the screen. Friday night, who goes out? What is that? <laughs> Friday night, I'm playing Pokemon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be my kid. There's nothing wrong with that. No, <laughs> not at all. Uh, he has um, things that I wish I had when I was growing up and playing video games. But I think uh, an app comparison, I think uh, Spike Lou from On Deck TV made it. He said, Trinidad James, all go to everything. That's more of a direct comparison than summertime. Yeah. Even my mom yeah. knew that song. We we sat down and watched the video together. She was just like, this is some, this is some shit right here. I was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is, right? It's weird how that, that catapulted him because I, I actually listened to the mixtape before. I, I, listened, I, actually, mm. I, I was actually a fan of Trinidad James before right. that song. I listened to that mixtape. Um, Don't be safe. Yeah, don't be safe because I, I saw it on uh, Creative Loafing. It was like you know some dude the album didn't uh, local talent, mm-hmm. whatever they have a they have a section for like that, and it had that album in there. So I was like, you know what, let me let me check it out, listen to it. It was dope. Right. That, like I don't even think that was even the best song can off I, of that album. Can I vent for a second? Do you remember that year Samantha's birthday party and we went to Burger Bar? Yeah. I had on that blazer with the Magnum in the fucking in the pocket as a pocket square. Fucking about a month later, he drops that mixtape, Magnum in the pocket square. I'm like, this nigga saw my pictures <laughs> and took my fucking steeds. <laughs> no, I, I remember you the first person to tell me about that song, All Go to Everything. It was going off here in Atlanta. Yeah, because yeah. he used to work yeah. at uh, like one of them shits in the yeah. underground. Yeah. Like, yeah. What was it called? Like, Jizza? Jizza, like right Jizza. down the street. And all yeah. like all my niggas was always going up there, like, oh yeah, fucking um That's where you get the that's where you get the huff socks. Yeah. And just now you get you 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 I think I bought like a snapback and uh some huff socks from that from that shop over there. This is back when snapbacks were like, yeah, 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 throw those on. Yeah. I remember you told me about the song. I was like, what? Yeah, bro, he's a bro, you gotta listen to you call me you just call me bruh. Go to, go on YouTube right now, type me Trinidad James, I'll, I'll go there with everything. I was like, what? He's like, just just do it. And do call it. me and call me back. I might play the song five times in a row. <laughs> just Pop the video. Molly, I'm sweating. Ooh. I'm like, just the video alone yeah. set the tone. And 
I'm like, I this can't. is some hood rich shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, to yeah. be honest, I like Gordon because he had a, he shot also shot a video for Gordon on my MacBook. It was kind of like it was essentially they were both. I think they were like the same similar vibes, but the song was completely different. Like I liked Gold on my MacBook a lot better than um, All Gold Everything. True. Mm. It was a solid tape. Like he's not he's not really a great rapper, but he found the right producers. Yeah. Yeah, he just uh, he found a bunch of songs oh, on SoundClick. Yeah, it was SoundClick. SoundClick. Sound that's very there's a very oh, big Oh shit, I remember that. There's, there's, a, there's a very just... big difference between SoundClick and SoundCloud. <laughs> like SoundClick was I would like I remember like posting my beats on SoundClick. It's a very different it's a, it's a very different environment. I think I think SoundClick precursored uh SoundCloud because SoundClick was like the old was very very old school place. Where you would post your beats. That's where Cardo Cardo's from. Cardo got wings. Mm-hmm. Cardo's from SoundClick. Before there was Sound, before there was SoundCloud, I remember I remember Cardo got wings because he was he had one of those profiles where like some of the songs were dope and then some of the songs were like trash. I was like, who like who like who was who was this guy? Cardo, his name is Cardo got wings. It's I like, hear his cowbells. Uh, the cowbells <laughs> like you know, this this shit is like some of this shit is trash. And then all of a sudden, like he got a I think he got like a couple features. Like he did like. Um, I think a couple years after that, he did like uh, with, like Wiz Khalifa's tape. Yeah, he's on, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh yeah, Cardo from SoundClick did those. Like, yeah, bro, because he had the Chrono Trigger sample with the cowbell in the backdrop. I'm mm. like, oh, this shit is fire. Yeah, like man. what? Man, that's that, when he. I guess like, when he when he said that I was like, man, SoundClick. That's when you know you're really digging because like that's 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 for real for real. When you're looking for that's like the beat that that was like a beat database where people just people just be people would throw you just throw you beats. You just rip them off there. Um, all that good stuff. Wow. And he I just, he just, he just, about it. yeah, he just grabbed, like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know how, I, it's probably not as active now, but back, back in the early 2000s. Like just super niche. Yeah. yeah, straight, like, straight up from, like, 2000, I, I was uploading this sound click middle school, high school, I was, when I was making beats, uploading the sound click. Yeah, I know he just did an interview with It's The Real, and he was like, yeah, man, some of those producers, some of them were mad because... They, they music was on my mixtape and they didn't get credited for anything because I didn't know it was gonna blow up. They didn't know. Yeah, it was, so they didn't get paid it, off it's of it. Like, it's just, but it, some people was like, oh, "Thank you," like because whoever produced all gold everything, he got a deal. Now other people was like, oh, "What other beats you got? You did this." Now I mean, granted, I don't think we don't know who produced it. I mean, he could have some hits out there or got some work or made a couple, you know, a couple thousand dollars off that. But you know. Which is crazy. Like, how would you feel if some beat you made in middle school suddenly ends up and becomes like one of the biggest songs in the world? That'd be absolutely insane if somebody if somebody found my SoundClick account from my sophomore year in high school, whatever beats that are on there, someone ripped those beats and then they make a song and that song is like goes absolutely viral. I wouldn't know. You what. think you'd recognize it? Yes, one hundred percent. Because that's so happy. That's your baby. I was, yeah, I still, I, if anything anything that I've uploaded, I'll probably still have on a flash drive somewhere or like an old computer. Would you like, you want, would you like hit him up like, hey man, uh, can I get like. Hell yeah! When I see somebody cashing out on something that I like and I can produce the original material, like, no, pay me. I feel that. But uh, speaking about rapping over uh, somebody else's beats, have y'all checked out that Tory Lane's Chicks tape? Chicks take five. Chicks take five. I don't really fuck no. with Tory Lane, so it was a it was a no over here. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> 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 Checking out Tory Lane. I mean, I saw I saw that Ashanti was a part of the cover. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. that's dope. So uh, if you that, but honestly, honestly, if you look at um Summer Walker's album over it, 
Yeah, look very, at, look very at, similar. Yeah, if you look at Chick State Five cover with the Shantae so is it like a blatant ripoff or homage to it Fam. or? There's no homages in today's world. It's, it's weird. It's weird <laughs> yeah. because it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like no, the behind the scenes shoot of it this was like right right after the album drop. Cover. Oh and yeah, I, I know how her cover looks. Yeah, it looks damn near the same, it's right? The same fucking cover except with Ashanti. Yeah, zoom f- a little further out. Okay, so uh, for those of you who aren't uh, Tory Lanez fans, uh, Chicks take That's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> so for a majority of you out there, uh, <laughs> especially our listeners, probably. But uh, these niggas talking about Tory Lanez, they done switched out. <laughs> Chicks tape is this series where he generally. Uh, that's covers of older like '90s songs and stuff like that. So you know, it's like, oh, he did a remix of. Not to say this is how we do it, but yeah, he would do a song like that. And, oh, this is my updated remix version of this song. And he's essentially just taking a song someone else did. It was a mixtape. So we did the No Ceilings, but R and B. Yeah. So he would do a dual. He'd do like a dual. He'd do chicks tape, and he would do. Um, which would be him singing, and he'd drop another mixtape with him, just him rapping. So he's like, all right, if you want, if you want to hear me rap, here's this mixtape for you. If you want to hear me sing, here's this mixtape for you. I do both of them very, very well in his mind, or whatever, right? So the, what makes Chick State Five different is that this is an album, and he's been working on this for like the last like two years, mm-hmm. trying to get the the samples cleared. And not even that, like he actually has like a lot of the a lot of the artists who originally made the songs on this album. What label is this on? Ooh. Or is it even on a label? I asked because he's taking a mixtape idea concept or series. Mm-hmm. Which, it's almost an album now. Which he got from Future. Future, Dirty Sprite 2, which again, Ken should have won a Grammy. It inspired all these rappers and artists facts, to, facts. Take, to take the ideas of doing a, a follow-up mixtape and putting it out as an album. As an album, so uh, Dirty Sprite Two was first, and then Jeezy ends up doing a Trap It at Three. He had Chick State Five, but Future had... wasn't doing remakes. No, no, he wasn't doing remakes. Well, I would say just the idea of having no, no, this yeah, is my mixtape. I, I got you. I think remake. that's where I'm confused by him saying, "Oh, it's an album now," mm-hmm. because you're still doing. It's, it's still the the it has the attributes of a mixtape. Yeah, yeah, it's nothing original. <laughs> this is still no, somebody yeah, else's so, shit. It's, it literally takes the if you listen to the song. It has like the the basis of that song, the core of that song, and it's like a new beat, a new new take on it, and then kind of so like, like what Beyonce did with "Before I Let Go." Kinda, it's the same idea. So, did y'all listen to the Summer Walker album? No, I listened to it. All right, so you know the song she has on there with Usher. Yeah. So take that take that idea of a song and make that an entire album with different artists. What song is it with Usher? She has. You know the name of the song. I can tell you. Oh, okay. I thought you may have known off the top of your head. Nah, I listened to it once. I'm not gonna lie. It was a pretty solid album. Uh, it's come, it's come through. Come through. Yeah. So uh, that old Usher song. Um, Seven o'clock. Yeah. Seven o'clock. Going to dot. Yeah. So it's that same. It's that take that same I concept with that beat, and then she's it's updated a little bit by London by London on the track, and then she sings over there. And Usher's featured on the song. Tory Lanez took that same. Well, I can't say he took that same idea because he's been doing. That's the basis of his mixtape series. But essentially, if you know that one song, he took that and uh, expanded on. Is it. Usher really on the song, like singing, yeah, or it's singing. just okay, okay? Usher's so singing. he didn't take the hook and just say it's featuring Usher. No, nah, no. Nah. Okay. So like he has a on this feature. Tory Lanez. This features are Jagged Edge and Jermaine Dupri. Mm. T Pain, he did uh he did a remix of I'm Sprung called Jerry Sprunger. Where he Ooh, took oh, I'm Jesus Sprung Christ. and remixed it. And remixed it. <laughs> I'm Sprunger. You are not the father. <laughs> All right. So yeah, he did that. He did um 
What other features he got on here? But did you like it? No, it's it's hard. He got uh that Snoop Dogg and Pharrell song, Beautiful. He get he did he remixed that. He got Snoop on the song. Take you down. Take you down. Take you down by Chris Brown. He has Chris Brown featured on it. Nah, you can't do that. You can't do that. It doesn't need retouching. Yeah, song with Ludacris. Like if you take if you literally is listening to this album is like listening to all the the big hits of the two thousands. And be like, dang! I remember all these songs from middle and high school, and here's all these like weird updated versions. But also, Tory Lane does that thing where he puts a lot of skits on it. And I don't know if y'all remember his first album. Did he recycle skits too? No, I don't. I never listened. <laughs> I never listened to any of the chicks. <laughs> oh, it's funny. I never listened to any of the chicks tapes because that it literally it just generally doesn't appeal to me. But I saw enough people talking about it. I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna check it out. And for what it's worth, it is a pretty good album. <clears throat> Again, if you like those songs, it's just an updated version of those songs. I hate then, those type of songs. I always have. Ever since Body Party, I hated those type of songs. Yeah, I feel I that. that. But shit, I actually went out on a limb and listened to the plugs I met the other day. Finally. Oh, Benny. Yeah. Benny the Butcher. I was like, there we go. Now I was like, talking. wait, hold up. <laughs> hold up. I, look, I was driving. I opened up my glove compartment. A fucking Glock fell out. Yeah, I was like, I'm be like a goddamn oh, a halfway key. I was like, oh shit, now I'm running dirty. I gotta fucking get these packs in uh, fucking Ohio. I'm like, goddamn. Yep. That shit was hard. There we go. <laughs> yeah, Benny the Butcher. Um in fact him, Freddie Gibbs is on his album of the year tour. And it's he's coming to Atlanta on the twenty fifth of November. Yeah, cause it's Freddie Gibbs, Benny the Butcher, and because Ben is slap. So I'm like, I might actually have to fuck with that. Now. It's at center stage. Yeah, yeah. So I gotta go. In fact, Benny Butcher Benny that's the, down the street. Yeah, it is. And then Benny the Butcher he had a line like, yeah, yeah, now people come to my, now people come to my shows for me to sign their scales. And I was like, oh man, there's a, you know. I wonder what white person is really gonna take a scale. There has to be. You thought about breaking it. You thought about breaking it. Oh, jeez. You just got to come through with the iPhone pulled up on the calculator. Like, bro, I've been finessing niggas all week. with this. Can you just sign the back of my iPhone, please? Oh, man. Come come through with a $15 digi scale just to sign. That the plus, man. That shit never gets old, man. It's like, it's a short, like, super digestible EP. And I'm like, oh, this... This fucking goes. And we, like last last episode, we were talking about the uh, his collab tape with, with, Smoke with Smoke Dizzle. Statue of Limitations. Yeah, and, and listen oh, that to that. I've been meaning to listen to that. It's good. It's Benny and Smoke. It's it's weird because I never heard Smoke Dizzle rap about selling drugs. Right. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. never actually heard that. He always raps about smoking he is, drugs. Yeah, he's talking about yeah. smoking drugs. He always about just being cool. George Cush the button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of wrestling references and stuff like that. So hearing him being more, as more if, I, if I would say it's more smoke dizzy going into Benny the Bush's world, I was like, oh, this is interesting. I don't know if I believe you in this because I don't. Maybe you have these hidden drug references throughout all your music, and I just never caught on. Yeah, they're there. But I'm just surprised sure. Smoke's still around. Right? Yeah, he's yeah. big. He's big in the underground. Him, currency. Is he? Currency, yes, but Smoke Dizza? Smoke Dizza makes a very uh He's still dropping projects like that. Yeah. yeah. I think I think he had a really? I think he had a label, RFC. No, I know that, but that was like years ago. I didn't know he was still out here putting in work. Yeah. 
I know he was running around with a couple years ago. He was running around with Dame Dash real heavy. Like every time you saw a Dame Dash interview, you see Smoke Dizzy. You see, you know, Dame got all the, all the rappers from Harlem that never got super super big. Yeah, like, he was just running around with all them for. He a was trying to take advantage of a wave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that's that's what it is. But I, what I, most influencers do. I mean, all. you know, I mean, he 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 just came out and said he can't pay some lawyer. So I don't blame him. But I thought Smoke not fell off, but just kind of went away. Which may be like the same peaked. thing, like yeah. the, like yeah. the, like the niche where he he was kind of like that. That's no longer the wave anymore. Yeah. Right, kind of like that. I guess like that that era, that era of you know that era of currency smoked is a. Dom Kennedy, yeah. that whole that whole era kind of like went yeah, away. The real reason I listened to Smoke Dizzy any was like because of currency. Like we saw that Smokers Club tour and, and uh, Smoke Dizzy was there. I was like, oh yeah, I fuck with this shit. But his voice was so high pitched and nasally. I was like, Bro, who's Smoke, Smoke Dizzy? Dizzy like live to his voice? Like, it's it's live? exactly like, he. It's, that shit was. I don't know if I was just it's too weird. High, it's weird. But like you, <laughs> you, it's like you never when you listening to Smoke Dizzy, you never notice it. But then when you realize his voice hasn't changed at all when it's yeah. live, it's kind of it's kind of like shocking. Maybe because when you see him match, see him match with his voice, it's kind of like because he's such a big. Guy, it's jarring. You know, like oh, <laughs> how does that voice come out of that frame? Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Well, no. Uh, statue of limitations is, is is pretty good. Again, it's. It's all the Benny the Butcher you love. He's right there. And then you got Smoke Dizza being Smoke Dizza. Yeah, complimenting it nicely. Mm. Did you know that Tori Moore uh, dropped an album? He did? Yes. Under Tori Moore? Yes. How oh, M-O-I-M-O-I? Right. Yeah. yeah. Tori Y. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty much. Did you did you listen to uh, Samantha from when it came out? No. So it's basically the last Toro album I listened to was Boo Boo. Okay, you didn't you didn't listen to um, the one that recently came out, the, the actual official album that came out. No, you didn't listen to that. No, I didn't even what, know with, about um, it. Uh, Lost of the Universe. I haven't heard that song. What? Yeah, check that out. Check that out. Okay, definitely check that out. But. Uh, he what he's doing now is kind of like dropping the demo versions, like you know when like an artist has you know when they're in album mode, they'll just make a bunch of songs and then the best songs make the album, and then yeah. there's other songs that are still good. <coughs> so you dropped like the B sides, yes. And but those just slap in the beat. Like they've all they always slap. I mean, like yeah. like, Charles, like Charles B sides, they always slap. But they, they, like they, to this day, the only Toro song I don't like is like fucking cake. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's 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 great because it kind of um, you see all of the different versions of Toro on this on this side project because it's, it's like all like he he di- he dips into every single version of Toro, right? Th- that's on that that's on the B side. So every like if you listen to if you listen to all the albums, there are songs that are pieces of all like all of them, even the ones that you. What was the other one? What for? Like the indie the indie rock album. There I had to listen to that. Yeah, it was. I didn't it's get still, too like, it deep was, into it. It was still good, but there's there's pieces of that. There's pieces of the. Uh, do you do you remember uh, Laysons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This there's pieces of the side project. There's pieces of uh, causes of this. There's pieces of oh, that's my shit. Anything in return? Anything in return? That's definitely. Bro, anytime I had to write a paper, I'm like, let me throw in anything in return. That's what you wrote papers though. Yeah, I'm like, by the time I'm finished. With the album, this it, is a, it is a great paper to do your homework too. I used to write all my papers to this day. If I had a, well, I graduated college, but every time I had a paper writing college, educated I, black man. Yeah, thank you. I would just write to uh, Komana, and I would sit okay. there. I do all my research to like stank on you or ATLings or something like that. But then it was time to write my paper. I either this is what even like streaming. I would like 
Go on YouTube. They had a whole album up there on YouTube. I just yeah. played it. Put, just put the volume down real. Yeah, I just put the volume down real low. <laughs> and I said, all right. Open up Google Google Docs. All right. So then type of paper. And then by when the album finished, I said, all right, that's how much I'm doing today. So if I, only oh, got, man. If I got five you pages got four, done, You got 45 minutes to write yeah. six pages. Yep. I'm like, all right, this is what I'm doing. And I just do that day after day after day. I damn near know that album word for word. That's, that's a great. Now, the whole reason I started doing it one, you suggested it to me, Jared. And then two, I was listening to this KRS-One interview. And he said, hip-hop is the music you should be writing your thesis to. And I was yeah. like, huh, that's a very interesting concept. So, oh, okay, cool. Now I'm going to listen. And I take like very like dense lyrical albums and I try and write. And it's like, not to say it improves my writing, but if you sit down and I'm typing something and I hear a Lupe, a Lupe line, it's like, damn, one, I never caught that line before. And now I'm like, damn, he just said that. Hmm. I'd write to hip-hop instrumentals Because I draw Like I, I draw to hip-hop instrumentals mm -hmm. So writing to hip-hop instrumentals I can understand But like a full like a full-on album Like I can't imagine Put it on The Massacre and, Yeah um, and, and writing a thesis <laughs> The Massacre, yeah I don't know if he meant that literally No, he probably didn't I But think he, at the time That's why I took it That's, that's how he took cool. it Yeah, I think he meant Like where hip-hop is kind of Gone now in terms of academia Mm -hmm. And what? Um, in fact, there's a whole Harvard has a whole class just on Nas. Yeah, yeah. Knife Wonder teaches a class on hip hop. Um, Mike Larry Dyson has a couple of books out about hip hop. He has mm -hmm. one about Nas. He has one about a couple. I think about Tupac. There's, yeah. a, there's yeah. a, at GSU. There's a class uh, about Kanye. Shit, the really the, the lady yeah. from uh, Bottom oh, of the Map podcast. I can't think of her name right now, but she, they'll probably have you as a guest. Oh, they don't want. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't talk about redacted. But she's actually uh, like a hip hop professor. I can't. Stacey Epps? No. I can't think of her oh, name. Oh, I'll fuss with Stacey Epps. Yeah, uh, Michael Eric Dyson, he, he also has a, a hip-hop class he teaches at Georgetown. So uh, the interesting thing about D.C., all the libraries are connected. So as long as you're a student at any school in D.C., you can go to any of the associated colleges. Oh, wow. Any school in D.C.'s library, and you can also take classes at any school in D.C. What? So you can be at Howard, and you can take a class at Georgetown if you so choose to. Wow. But that Michael Eric Dyson class, is like the, it feels like the quickest. And he said, that, that, that class ain't no hoe. Like, ain't some you go and you talk about Ilmatic all day. No, he sits there. He has lectures. He has songs you have to go home and listen to. There's homework. There are papers you have to write. Wow. It is a very dense class. Do you have to rhyme in your papers? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but it's like yeah. But like a lot of people end up dropping after like the first two weeks. Cause like what I really sucks. enjoy the class, but it's just so much work. And I was like, and I didn't really. Get I came it. here to have fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the point. Like you're supposed to work. Like a hip, like a hip, like a hip hop class. You think you're just gonna be in there, just like having have hip hop arguments? But no, this is still like you still up there freestyling. I'm like, all right, yeah, today's was, lesson: battle rap. Maybe in night one, he did an interview saying, um, he, that class he teaches. I want to say he teaches at North Carolina. He, he teaches A and T or Central. I want to say A and T, but um, he said, yeah. The weirdest thing is, he says black the black you feel today take hip hop as like. They don't take it seriously. They say, take it as something like, oh, it's ours. We're always going to have it. He's like, the most interesting conversations I have about hip-hop... Don't say it. ...are come from the white, my white students. They're the uh. only ones that stay after... <laughs> they said they're the only ones yeah, that stay I after mean, the class. I mean, that they come may, and talk. They, that, they, sort of, that sort of makes sense, but because, like, for, I, like, I feel like for black people, like, hip-hop is not, like, a class... You're, yeah, you're, it's, like, it's, you live... Like, we you basically We live. don't have to be taught it. It's ingrained yeah, with this, us. This, this yeah, is, but like, is that... It's hip hop like hip hop culture is black culture. This is so it's like, this is true, but when you don't but when you look at hip hop, we don't look at hip hop through that aspect of black people. Okay, we don't have to learn about it. We don't have to take a class about hip hop. I am hip hop. I live hip hop. Whatever, right? 
cool. That's why I find it dandy. I agree with that. But when you see things like I remember with um the National History uh the National Museum for History of uh, African American History and Culture, that big controversy when they put a white woman over the hip hop section. Yeah, section. I do, but they don't did they do their research before they had the outrage? No, they didn't. Most people didn't. Because they would have known better. Yeah. But actually, one of the people that asked one of the main questions, he went to Howard. I, uh, I don't can't say I know him be a stretch, but I, you know, we was at the school at the same time. He's like, why? The contemporary. Essentially, he asked, why is a white woman over this? And then so many people came out and said, oh, this white woman's very certified. She has all these degrees. She's forgotten more hip hop than most of you niggas even know. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, okay, cool. So you tell me there's not one black person out there that's also qualified that could have been in that position. You so over the hip hop portion of this museum, you put a white woman over it and not as like you couldn't put like okay, we don't we probably shouldn't talk about African bad bada or something like that. But you you can't put like Eric B or you can't put but at the, Jazzy it's, Jeff it's, or somebody. It's like also that. weird, but at the same time, if if you if anybody has actually done their history of hip hop, like White people are pretty like yeah, instrumental. It's be white folks. They're, 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 they're pretty instrumental. Like in like NYU was pretty mm. instrumental in getting hip hop to where the the scale like no, like, I, it, it, took it, like it took it from like the I guess like the streets being popular into the streets to being popular like nationally. Like mm-hmm. that's you know okay okay but very, it was very very instrumental in that. Okay, but, but uh, think of it this way. So you already look, look at the record companies they're already ran by white people, whatever, right? So they always, there's already a form of gatekeeping there. So the, the music you hear is generally given to you through a white person's eyes, essentially, right? So let's say another 10, 15, 20 years, the people are actually teaching you about hip-hop, and they are also white. Now, how does that color how you look at hip-hop? How will our kids look at hip-hop if the people who teach them about hip-hop are, don't look like you? You lived it. I mean, you can how, tell them certain things, but like it's, it's kind of like how many people, how many people are actually taking that class or feel the need to take that class. No, that's, I'm saying that's the point, right? So the people who are like become the people who are over these museums, the people who are like who write history books, they're not. They're gonna at some point it just goes how it's going. They're gonna stop being black and they're gonna be, be more white people. Not to say that's a good or bad thing. They could be down with the coach. They could understand. They could, you know. I, I don't. Could, I don't I'm not to say it's a bad thing. I'm just saying like I don't. When I you don't, think of rap, you think of black people. And when black people aren't telling you their own history, then how does that I, I make think you look? The concern I would have with white people in hip hop um, will be when they try to become the artist. When you have yeah. Lil Dickies and what's that white hip hop rocker? Not even, oh, Post Malone. Post when Malone. you have guys like that um, and they come in and people start, especially since white people buy the most hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And now all of a sudden they got somebody the that can rap as good as a, as another rapper. Oh, he looks like us. He becomes safer. That's an issue because then at that point they can push us out. Mm-hmm. Um, them teaching it, I don't think is that much of a problem because I think you can find black people to teach it. Because you got Michael Eredice, you got uh, Night Wonder. All these people are older now. Eventually, when they, when they younger people, when, when they're they young, up, smart black people coming true. out here, which is kind of goes to your point. They yeah. just have to find them. With uh, the person they put in charge of it, I'm with you. I would have preferred to see a black person in that seat, in that role, and it would have been dope if they went and found somebody. But are they the most qualified to do the job? And if they're not, and we just put them in the seat because they're black, you know, to what detriment will that particular museum uh, struggle with or suffer? No, no so I don't sense. know. I feel. But 
it's this is the kind of things that I mean we're still finding our footing anyway. These are the kind of things that we've been dealing with. Like I think for the first fifty four years, maybe even more, the NAACP had a white president. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. so it, it's it's gonna take a minute. And I guess that also kind of goes to a little bit to your point. Like if you have the NAACP, you can't find a black president. Like right, but. Considering the times, like who else is going to be able to get in the door to have those conversations? Anyway? Rachel Dolezal, <laughs> Sean King. They thought they had Sean one. King. Maybe that's why yeah. she got the job. Like I can, I can, I can, I can imagine there's plenty, there's plenty of people who are like, uh, like, like that knowledgeable about music in general, like Questlove. Um, I can, yes. I can, yeah. I can imagine there's plenty of of Quest, maybe because like he, Questlove is Questlove. I can imagine there's like ten other, there's ten other people exactly like. Uh, Questlove, who's, who's like doing the research, it may like I don't know if it, it needs to be. It may or may not need to be like academic, but mm-hmm. I guess it's, it, I guess it'd be weird to find like it, I guess it's hard to at a pinpoint your knowledge of hip hop and what will qualify you to um, have that position. And they got to do the work. Yeah, like, we can't just put somebody there. Like they have to be, you know, knowledgeable about it and want to do it and want to teach it. Yeah, no, I, that's not what I'm. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying like. It's, I just think it'll be interesting in a couple years, or well, like uh, again, like twenty years from now. Yeah. Who are the voices that you go to? Like oh, this is an authority on hip hop. You feel me? Like, I mean, it's, I feel like it's anything. Anything is a possibility. Oh, I, it's I, very I, true. You know, it's 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 possible. Yeah. Well, I think so. I want to go back to the labels thing you said, mm-hmm. and with them being majority owned by white people, and and them serving as the gatekeepers. I think we'll always somewhat be the gatekeepers because we have say so over what is cool and what isn't. Mm-hmm. We also live in a day and time where we don't need the record labels. So again, I charge black people to bypass all of that. There's still the idea, still the cool factor of being signed to a label. Right. In a time where you have social media, where you can build up your own buzz and get out there, you don't need it. You can go the independent route and still sell. You know, so... I always feel like that that we have to assume to take control over that mm-hmm. and not wait for it. But, you know, we're not. But who's pushing these ideas? Who's pushing these thoughts out there into the conversation? I don't think a lot of people are. But um, but I don't know. I think it's something to, to watch and to observe to see what happens. Right. And, you know, I think we just got to have those conversations and put it out there. Yeah. yeah. And, w- like, one of the things that makes hip-hop so beautiful is, like, it's ever-changing. Like, e- yeah. like from month to month, it's fucking completely different. And, like, for it to—it can't stay stagnant, so it has to progress and shit. So a lot of people are more so looking towards the future and yeah. what they want to do and, like, trying to— Yeah, rap is the ever-changing landscape. Like, even yeah. if you listen to— was it uh, criminal minded? Like what Boogie Down Productions was a KRS one. I remember again, same interview. He said uh, he thought criminal minded was like the epitome. This is the best lyrical album that came out in the year eighty seven, right? When did Illmatic come out? Like ninety two. Yeah, like ninety two. Ninety two was that for five years. And if you listen to what Illmatic sounds like and listen to criminal minded, they sound completely different. So the sound of rap changed so much in like that short five year span. And listen, yeah, it's to going it. backwards now though. <laughs> Woo! Jesus and Christ! Then, and then you look from ninety two to ninety seven. And how people were rapping in 97, and then from 97 with the 02, like rap is always, if you look at rap in just a small five years time span, right, the, the sound of it just changes so much. So, I, I, you know, again, I don't think when we complain about how rap, everything sounds the same, like, yeah, it sounds for right now because we're just in this current era. And yeah, and it depends on where you're listening, honestly. Yeah, if you wait, and there's, there's something out there for 
for everybody, you know? Yeah. You just got to do you do your research. There's different yeah, pockets. Yeah. There's different niches, you know? There's so many different sub-genres if you want to even try and, like, label it. I think the, the last thing I'll say is also uh, black media, independent media, like what you guys are doing and what we're doing. You know, when I go to these sites and I look at the about page and see who's over chart, who's over everything, yeah, I see nothing but white faces or... Mm-hmm. Um, right. Y'all just stay white faces. I think is what I primarily see. So what we're able to do and what you guys are able to do is you guys are able to have conversations about it um, from a black perspective that they can't. Yeah, that's important. You know, so it, it is extremely important. And, you know, I think it helps shape the, the hip-hop. It kind of keeps it pure because we're able to sit here and say, hey, you know, we need more black people that own labels. We need more black people teaching hip-hop. And um and we have people listen to us and maybe somebody be inspired to do that. Yeah. Josh, as the artist, how do you feel about signing to a major label? Would you? Would you? Uh, ever? I I guess I already I would already have my plan set out. Where it depends on like it depends on how how it comes about. Like I, like I guess I've, I've I've had this conversation where whether it would be like a group deal or individual deal. Um, it I guess it really just depends on what what the deal actually is. Like if it's going to be enough to, you know. Quit having health insurance. <laughs> yeah, I'll put, I'll put it that way. Like if, it, yeah. if, it, if it's enough to be like, all right, I can, I can just like survive. I can I can do music without having it without having a job. I can quit my job and still have health insurance. I can still live, have the same lifestyle, whatever bag that they drop for that. Um, I guess I already have that plan and plan, but it just, it really it really just depends um, because I know that I would want money. I would want money up front so I can use that to generate money on the back end. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot, a lot of people are like, yeah, you, you know, don't, don't, don't sign to a label, don't take that upfront money, don't, you know, just, just get it out the mud. But at the same time, like, if I, I guess if I were to compare like the interest rates, if I, if I were to get that loan from a bank, you know, like here, like here's, here's, here's it'll put it this way, it's like here, here's like a hundred thousand dollars you can spend right now. Here's a hundred thousand dollars you can use for, um, you know, whatever. Because like I'm, th- I'm thinking that like, hey, like given it, given the group of million dollars, you split it ten ways, you get you get a hundred thousand dollars for you. Mm-hmm. So me taking that hundred thousand dollars, or me like getting out the mud that way, I I personally would take them. I would take the money up front because I know that I can use that as a le- I can use that as leverage for myself. So yeah. whatever whatever deal whatever deal that I'm signing, that's going to be temporary. That's going to be that's like I know I know for a fact that I can get a lawyer to be like, hey, we're going to cut this off in like two years, but within those two years, you're going to take that hundred thousand dollars, and whatever whatever happens after that is up to you. So I can take that hundred thousand dollars and I can create the I can create the greatest tour ever with a hundred thousand dollars. I can yeah. I can use that money. I can build a studio so I don't have to pay for studio space. I can. Use Use that money to pay for musicians, so that the album, the album that I make, has such a cultural impact that whatever happens after the deal, I'm good. So where mm-hmm. I, I could sell, like let's say if I take that hundred thousand dollars, I'll build, I, you know, do an amazing tour, amazing, you know, amazing artists to do like the cover, all the all the art. I get, you know, I pay for features for the album. You know, use that money and still have a little. I could, I could, I could do all that and probably still have money left over. You know, shoot a cool music video, or whatever, and then when it when the deal is out, when the deal is out, I can still break even. But then now I'm coming off of the 
the money off of the tour, the money off of the merch. Because I know, like, that's, I mean, that's pretty much the deal. Like, what, what is the Vince Staples? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, he puts all his money into his, he puts all his money into his tour. So I know that I can, if I take that same route and the same thing, like, I know how, like, album covers, how that, you know, how, like, how much that, rev, like, how much that resonates when you have cool merch, cool, like a cool, uh, cool album cover. Oh, yeah, create, like, create the, like, create this, like, culture. If you can create a cultural moment around your album, then in every, on, around every album that you have, like, cultural moment and then you tour with it, like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's an opportunity to do that instead of like getting it out the mud where you have to like just keep you know, keep scrapping together whatever money that you have to do one thing at a time. No, just do it all at once. Get it back. Yeah, Vince or, get flip it. It. Or, yeah. or flip right? it. Yeah. yeah, you you come in, you leverage their uh, their connections, yeah. uh, build up your base, and then then branch out because yeah, now all like of a you, you like have a, your like a label deal isn't forever like it's yeah, not a right. label deal isn't marriage that was the most important that was the thing that I heard you say that that, that stuck with me is like oh yeah it's temporary it's a contract yeah it's, it's, a, it's a contract like you, take, you, you can take, find a deal that works for you you, you, yeah. get, you get a deal you get a deal will work for you <laughs> temporarily and you know if they want to renegotiate after that you can do that but if you want to run independent now that you have a footing in the game like it's, it's kind of like what your parents what your parents say like yo you know if you're going to be if you're going to be an artist have a back, go to college and get a backbone you know get a uh Something yeah. to fall back on. Mm-hmm. So why not do that with the money that you know? I guess like you could you can treat the you can treat the the money that you get you up front treat that as a job. That's that's the backbone. So yeah. now after the contract is over, you have somewhere to jump off. Yeah, from. you have your fan base. You have everything. Yeah, you, you got your whatever whatever you whatever work that you put in with the money that you had. You got a fan base. Mm-hmm. You got you got money that you got. Like hopefully you use that money to make it back. Yeah. But you know, uh, yeah, I, don't be Dave East. No. Yeah, just <laughs> like that, like be be like like current like what currency did with the um with the politics. Basically, I would do what currency did with the politics here because he was yeah. he was only with uh, creative well, creative control mm-hmm. whatever whatever he was only DD with one seventy two. He was only with that like temporarily, but like what he did with Pilot Talk One and Pilot Talk Two, the creative con- the creative control dot com that you know the the web series that he had, the tour that he had, the cover that he had was iconic. The tours that he had is iconic. The album that he had was iconic. I would I, I would try to go that route. I would just get that whatever happens after that and, and run with it. I, uh, I think Palatal was High Times uh, album of the year. Yes, the year came out. Yeah, and he dropped Palatal too like three nights later. Yes, like currency low key like Quietus Cap has like one of the best fan bases. All of them are oh, solid. Yeah. Mm, they're they're solid. not. They, they travel. They're not there. on any type of fuck shit. You know, they're not being toxic. Mm. Nothing like that. And he's you know he's not too famous where he gets bugged all the time. And yeah. he can just you know you know smoke make his music yeah but like uh, stay consistent. You mentioned Vince Staples earlier. Vince Staples has a very ingenious way in how he does everything. Like he says, he creates he creates his albums based around his his tour. Yeah. So like all right, he figured out the concept of how he wants his stage to look, the show. He figured out the show first. He's like, okay, cool. I want I want to be dark. I want to be moody. I want this. I want that. Like, okay, that's what I want my tour to look like. Now he goes out and he creates an album to sound like how he wants his tour to be. And then he puts all the money he has, or majority of it, into the tour. He said, okay, cool. I'll put it into the tour. He says, as long as I break even, I'm not losing money on tour. I'll go on tour with anybody. He said, I'll. that's when he went and he opened up for uh, Tyler to create on Flower Boy. He said, I ain't really so much. I made so much money off of that, the tour itself. It was the fact that I didn't lose money off of it, and it just exposed me to a bigger and bigger fan base. So then after that, now I can do my, when I go do my own shows, now he said, ah. Vince Staples has ten shows. He's up a hundred. He makes angle to be a hundred and two hundred fifty thousand dollars off of ten shows. It's like, and, that, and that's the long game he plays. He just doesn't. He does that over and over and over again. Yeah. He comes out, puts out a project. That's so what he can, even now he creates these short projects. 
He had crazy these little moments. He already has his fan base. So, okay, now I can go tour all over the country. I tour. He does uh, a couple of festivals, a couple of stadiums. Sells a lot of does really good merch. Yeah, that's like like like, it's, like, it's like, like much much respect to people who actually want who actually have. Who actually who can actually you know put has the energy to put in that type of ground? But if somebody is going to give me a bunch of money to do what I want, I'm taking that money to do whatever I want. Like I don't, I'm not, I'm not a I'm not a like yeah I need to I need to do any no give me the money so I can do what I want. Okay. So, big question: Are you going to give Mickey Mouse your money for Disney Plus? Fuck no, baby. Uh, probably not. I mean, it it depends. It depends. Okay, granted, for anyone, any of you, any of you out there who have Verizon, Verizon will pay for your first year of Disney Plus. They you contact them. They give you a code. You put the code in. Boom, you have access to Disney Plus for a free for a full year. Disney also has come out and said they understand and they know that password sharing is a thing, hmm. and they and for a, and they are currently they're cool with it. We know you're gonna do it. So if one of y'all has an account, access to account, you're gonna give it to your five friends. Cool. We get it. We know. But Smart. They did say, so they get, and plus, okay, you get it free for a year, essentially, right? Because you know somebody with Verizon. Just get their account. Cool. But what they did say in the app, they're gonna be able to tell if you got four people online at the same time, y'all, all four of y'all watching something different in four different states, they're gonna know. So eventually, will they be able to go into the app and cut you off? Or be like, well, uh, time for you to pay for this, uh, buddy. They're gonna send their private army after you. Could they do that? <laughs> yeah, that's essentially. But for as for now, they they playing the the long game. Where it's like, okay, cool, we're gonna let you get it. We don't even care if you're paying for it. Disney, honestly, with all the all the problems Disney Plus had on this launch day, from like not working for certain people to the app, like I think just like, straight up force closing. Yeah, the app force closing. I actually, I don't even think you can use the app. To watch Disney Plus, you have to use the, the actual website and use the HDMI cord and look hook it up to your TV. Oh yeah, what? like yeah, like the first day it straight up didn't have Chromecast. Like two days later, Chromecast was there, but it didn't actually work. It still doesn't work. Like November seventeenth, Sunday, it's not working. Chromecast. It's ridiculous. But yeah. it does have the Mandalorian, and I've watched the first two episodes of that, and oh. so far it's a pretty solid show. It's pretty good. Like I, I see the direction they're going in, and I want to see how it continues to grow. And they're on like uh, they're on that slow release schedule, like once a week. That once a week, you know, what I'm saying so people can build up the hype for it, you know, because they know people are going to sit there and binge it, and they still have a lot of kinks that they need to work out. Like shit, it's not even out in the UK yet. Hmm. They don't get it till April of next year. The Mandalorian or Disney Plus? In general? Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh-huh. And also, it works out by doing a, a recent week by week. It gives you time for the next. By the time you finish the Mandalorian, the next show will be ready to come out. Because even if you wanted to do the big thing, okay, I want to watch every Marvel movie that they ever put out. You still can't do it because Black Panther, Thor Ragnarok, all those are still on Netflix because they have a contract. They're mm. not going to be on Disney Plus till next year. So even if you want to do that big Marvel marathon, it still isn't available to you just yet. Cause they still don't own all their content because they already had contracts. They have Captain Marvel. They do have Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. That's moving uh, the needle. Infinity War, Endgame. I did watch Infinity War uh, today. Nice. I feel like I had to. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was called to it. Yeah, you got to. That's a good watch right there. Yeah, so, but. but like I was saying, the app still does need some work though. Like even with like certain UI shit, uh, just accessibility. 
just you know, it's still it's still a work in progress. Yeah. But even things like if you look at uh, the 1990 Spider-Man cartoon, it has it all as one. The big, unlimited, not unlimited. The one oh. before it. I saw the, the 60s that. version. No, the 90s version. Oh, the 90s oh, cartoon. Sorry. So yeah. like the one we grew up on, I guess. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have it, but instead of having it in different seasons, it's all one big season, and then it's kind of out of order. So you no, have it out of order. Exactly. Like, like episodes are yeah. not like you in see order? something from season five, grind something to season two to try after something they you saw from season Why three. Why would you do yeah, that? What the fuck? But it's not like for everything. But but you can watch all of the uh, the nineties X Men cartoon. That's perfectly there, fine. So it's like Disney. You had all this time. You have Hulu. Who literally? You already had a streaming service. That there's a, there's a, that one, there's a one person. That's a great formula. That you yeah. you can hire one person to make sure that this worked. Even on launch day, many people kept getting uh, errors saying it wasn't it didn't work for them. Things didn't work for them. Which is why it's okay. You got to. But like one long one long season where episodes are out of order, that's just disrespectful. Yeah. I mean, of course, they you can you can you can reasonably assume they're going to slowly fix everything over time. It's just that when you announce that, you think you'll have all your ducks in a row by this point. You feel me? Yeah, yeah it's and not it, like you're some. Fucking pork. You're not the biggest. You're not the biggest fucking company on the planet right now. Yeah, you're not PBS. Like, oh, we got our you're streaming not the service. Most lucrative fucking company on the planet. But you, you just you can't get your you can't get your app right but, on launch day. Yeah, but because of that, I don't think they, Disney doesn't necessarily care about. In fact, I think uh, Bob Iger, the CEO, he said they don't expect to make any money off of Disney Plus for another like five years. So I don't know how much of a priority Disney Plus They're is. Cap. I think they're capped with little fucking ears. That's some bullshit. <laughs> no, I think I think Disney Plus is more so like we have we can do a streaming service, we can make more money off of this, and we have access to all this content. Why are we lending it out to all these other places where we can just have it all in house, whatever, right? And then by buying Hulu, that allows them to do the more uh, mature content. And ESPN Plus, everybody likes sports. You feel me? So even my biggest thing with Disney Plus was if you sign up for the bundle, which again, as we all know, about and now, not a free trial. Yeah, you sign up for the bundle. It's like twelve ninety nine. You get Hulu, ESPN Plus, and Disney Plus, whatever, right? But it comes with Hulu with ads. As a person who pays extra for Hulu for not for no ads, I was like, that's not what I really want to do. Why would I go from not having ads to having ads? You can get ad free, but you have to go to your Hulu account and then hit bundle to get Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. But you have to use the exact same email and password that you use for your Hulu account. And then they're going to charge you the full amount. And then every month, Disney is going to credit your account $6. So it ends up being about $19 after Disney credits your account. So let's say your money comes out on the first. You pay your $25 on the first. And then also on the first, you will assume Disney is going to give you a refund of $6 to make it all even out. There's a lot of steps to go through for have Hulu with no ads, but is it that important to you? Well, first of all, I, I did buy the service. Well, I signed up for the free trial. More than likely, we'll do the bundle only because I have kids, mm-hmm. and they love that stuff. Uh, right now, they're 11 and 5, and my wife loves all the Disney stuff. If it was just me, I would get that shit. <laughs> I feel yeah. that. I mean, yeah, they, they I, have I all the classics. I don't even care for Disney like that. Exactly. Like, I'm more excited for HBO Max. Like, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. like, the corporate streaming wars, they're taking... The stakes have just risen because Netflix, as you may or may not know, uh, all the old Nickelodeon shows are making their way over. 
So they're gonna have shit like the Avatar. Well, that's all I really need to say. The Avatar. Yeah, they're having a live. Act- <laughs> they're doing a live action Avatar. They already did. Not the movie. Not, no, not, not movie. the movie. They're re- okay. essentially the last Avatar, the last Airbender. Yeah. So the people, not Avatar okay. or the last Airbender, but yeah. Avatar, the last Airbender. Yeah, the people who made the cartoon, they're actually uh, writing, directing. They're doing they're all over it for Netflix. Uh, they did the Invader Zim movie. They did the Rockers Modern Life movie. And now Nickelodeon has announced that they're in a partnership with Netflix to create, you know, content and to put out content. So all those old uh, Nickelodeon shows that can't make it on Nickelodeon anymore besides because all they play is SpongeBob and the Loud House. Yeah, they're going to now be on Netflix. Are they? They, they could be. Yeah. Like all those. Be, uh, they, they, uh, I, I got from it that they're creating, they're creating all new content instead of bringing with it. Because they, they already, you can already get these things on different streaming services. Like they still have, you can still get it on Verve. Any, yeah. There's still different the like Nickelodeon they, like so, contracts. Yeah, it's so spread out. Which again, what, I guess what Disney was saying, all our content is so spread out while we have it all in one central place. Well, my thinking is what Disney doing has their own streaming service and HBO taking all the Turner. So uh, with HBO Max, you're getting all the Chuck Jones shows or all the Looney Tunes. You're getting all the Hanna-Barbera, so Flintstones, Jetsons. You're getting all this family content. Yeah, you're all getting going the Cartoon there. Network. Uh, you're getting the... Adventure Time. You're getting yeah. so much stuff with the HBO Max. Swim. Yeah, so Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon Netflix is leaving like, all right, we might as well link up the two big ends. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they're gonna get the I don't think they're gonna they're get the old stuff. Did not not anytime soon. It wouldn't be anytime no, most soon. Most of the most of the contracts end up in like are right, over like twenty twenty one. I think. Yeah, I, I don't expect them to get that because they I, I can imagine they're making too much money like getting the package in because they they have that package in uh, on Amazon. They have a Nickelodeon package on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. So I figure I figure they're making too much money getting because they have like they probably have a la carte with different other streaming services. They're probably going to let that run out. But I think on Netflix is strict is strictly going to be that for a while. I mean, exactly. But it's safe to assume that you, this shit it wouldn't it wouldn't make it will only make sense. You can only reasonably assume that if you sign a deal with Netflix, Netflix is going to want all the content they can have access to. So like, take the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? That's owned straight up by Nickelodeon. So, if you want the, the original '80s cartoon, or you want the 2003 version, or you want the newer versions, then I don't think there's anywhere you can actually stream these shows. I don't think it could be like on Verve or Amazon. Amazon, uh, Amazon. Yeah, it, it, I, really, like, I feel like it really, it really depends. I think it really, really depends on how much how much Nickelodeon needs and how much uh, Netflix can get because they're. Cause like I, I don't I don't know like I feel like Nate, no, I think, I, 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 it may be it may be like a do or die situation for Netflix if they get that because no I think Netflix needs it because they need they would they not, need I the feel like that I feel like they would I would like go go like as if they aren't already broke going for even broker if they would if they were to get the back catalog for Nickelodeon yeah why does Netflix need it. It's a good deal to make. It's yeah. a good deal to have. Why, why yeah, do they I don't need necessarily they're, they're think they making, need it, but I feel like it's a I good think it's, the it's fact, a good piece to have. Okay. Do any y'all ever go on Netflix Kids? I no. see it. I do because I have two kids. So okay. yes, it was I the do see vast it. majority of some of Netflix Kids was Disney programming and it was Nickelodeon. It was a Nickelodeon program, it's Disney programming, and it's um like other like little stuff like that, right? They got a lot of uh, original content for kids yeah, but, and stuff too. Uh, how much original content you think Netflix really gonna keep producing? Well, you already have established stuff. A megaton. It been. It, I, I would do a cost analysis of it. Like if it, if it's cheaper for them to do it in house than it is to to buy another. Because all they for have it. to do really is just buy like just buy something. A lot uh, of people. No, plenty of people are every, making content. Plenty of people are making content. What I'm saying, that I think Netflix needs Nickelodeon. I think they both need each other essentially. 
I think Netflix needs Nickelodeon because their Netflix is going to lose everything Disney. If they what is that still on? I don't think that's that big of a hit though. I think it is. Disney is so popular. Like they won't they won't have the Marvel films. Yeah, that, that, I feel like that'll be a big that'll, that'll be a big thing. Plus, they own a lot of studios. Mm-hmm. So the studio, uh, I guess, like you, we don't really see how many studios that. Like, like, just imagine if like all of Judd Apatow films were owned by a studio that Disney owns. Now they want all their films in Disney Plus. That's like what? That's like uh, what big like big big you know like they, I guess like Big Daddy, the Seth Rogen films, Adam mm-hmm. Sandler films, like about all of those films. What if they end up on Disney Plus? What if Adam? What if all of Adam Sandler's movies on Disney Plus? All of Seth Rogen's films end up on? Oh, Adam Sandler movies are just product placement. Yeah, I mean, do you guys really care to watch all those Marvel movies over again? And I guess my you're going to pay five hundred dollars for a box set. Why don't you just go buy? It? <laughs> yeah, and then you can watch it over and over again as much as you want instead of paying a streaming service um, over and over again. Like, there's other stuff you can watch over there. I think the Disney thing is is great for kids mm-hmm. um, or people who are really stuck on nostalgia. Yeah, but for how long though? But they even have all those great, um, well, great uh, TV, TV uh, Disney movies. I went through all that stuff. I said all this stuff is crap. <laughs> you was you the Johnny was shit? You was double team. You, you weren't yeah. excited about Johnny Tsunami. Giant I didn't watch any of that stuff. Watch so I guess that's the thing. So Brink. I didn't watch any of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I right, Brink and Johnny Tsunami yeah. are top the color, yeah. the color, Brink, Like Brink and Johnny Tsunami? That's the color yeah. of friendship? I don't know what that is. Nah. I don't even know that's what that is. That's fucking propaganda. <laughs> so, okay, so I'm going to remove myself from that because I didn't watch any of that stuff. When I saw it, I'm like, what is all they have, this they crap? Have, they, 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 they essentially have like the, the best of um, early 2000s Disney was like, Peak when they was just like cranking uh, Disney Channel original movies mm-hmm. when they were cranking those out all movies the, for kids and teenagers yeah they were okay. they were they were cranking when they were cranking those out like our form like in our formative our years formative years yeah those shows that were out it's, they get, it's literally geared to our younger kids and the people of our generation that's what it is there and then they opened because I get all the racist shit yeah. like that's what I grew up with Disney was <laughs> racist yeah. throw out that disclaimer it's kind of yeah. racist yeah. but yeah. we're still gonna like, give it to you they, and then Disney you know Disney has the their vaulted vaunted vault. Where it's like, oh, when they released The Lion King, it, when Disney used to release The Lion King for DVD or Blu-ray, that was the only time you can buy The Lion King because there was nowhere else available. If you watch marketing, Cinder- like Cinderella, there's nowhere else to watch the original, like the, the original or the remake Cinderella, except when Disney says, "Okay, we're opening up the vault. This is your only time to go watch this movie. You better go out to Best Buy. You better go out to somewhere and buy it because it's only gonna be we're only gonna put it out for these three months or however long we're distributing it. And then once we put it in the vault, you don't know when we're gonna reopen the vault. You feel me? Like Pocahontas." You can't just go out and buy a copy of Pokemon. You can't maybe from a secondhand store or maybe yeah. a I mean, honestly, the back that's the same thing like, as Jay Z saying that he's retiring. You know, okay, yeah, you know they're going to come out again, but it might be five, ten, fifteen. It's years just marketing. Like, like, yeah. But with the I'm service, not going for that shit. No, but with the service, it's all there. Even if you want to listen, to, even if you want to see like what that really racist Disney movie, Song of the South. Yeah, you can go watch that <laughs> if you really. Damn, Josh, you excited about that? <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to see some animated blackface. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all there, but um, I don't think the sale is necessarily the Marvel movies. I think it's the fact that Marvel's come out and said that if you want to stay up to date with what goes on in MCU. They're treating their series like movies. 
and it, the series it's all canon. Yeah, everything's canon, and the series are gonna play into what goes on in the movies. So you can just go see the movies, but it's certain things. I you're honestly gonna, don't think that's a good on. move for them. Why? The series, I I think they're gonna be kind of buns. I'm but I be think honest. I think probably, but I think just like Netflix, they need original content because nobody. Yeah. Like, it's only so much nostalgia in this vault is gonna you know. Get it's me. not gonna keep you. Yeah. No, that's what they're banking on is the vault. Okay. Not necessarily what's new, but okay. After the, a while, that's gonna become old, though. Yeah, yeah. But their original content, they have the Marvel shows, they have the Star Wars shows, they have um, I think the World According to Jeff Goldblum or something like that. It's not, it's not called that, but they have a Jeff oh, Goldblum. Oh, the National show. Geographic shit, like the documentary series. Yeah, they have they they have a lot there for for you if you if you like so choose to explore it. But again. It ain't something I necessarily would want to buy. My main selling point with Disney Plus was I pay eleven ninety nine now for Hulu with no ads. So you tell me for a dollar more, I get a whole two more streaming services. You must really hate more. ads. Yeah, it's just a bunch of commercials that Hulu has live sports. Yeah, and it's just a recent commercial like every fifteen, every five minutes. I'm like, bro, bro, no. So. For me, Good pee breaks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I, your I, thing? I have, that's yeah, thing. I, yeah. I have Hulu with ads. It, they make great pause breaks for you to go and do something else. Yeah, you can go do anything. But what I do wonder, then again, this is us predicting the future. I I think Spotify and Disney are going to have a a thing because you can already get Spotify Premium with the student account, and you get Spotify and Hulu. And you get Hulu at discount. You get Spotify and Hulu for like six ninety nine. That's what I have. It's a, amazing. At a, at a joint price. So with Disney Wait, owned, did yeah. I miss that email? Because they email me all the time. Yeah, Spotify. it's so it's so. And I actually come joint because I already had a I had a Hulu account and then I had a Spotify account and then that deal came out and I asked Hulu, hey, can I? No, I asked I asked yeah I asked Hulu like, hey, I already have Hulu, but I want Hulu with Spotify. And on the chat there was like, it's connected. Yeah. So now you're only paying for one dollar <laughs> more. Less. Yes. Yeah. So now I have, oh, school, I have Spotify and Hulu paying what seven bucks a month. Seven bucks a month. So if they already have that deal and you have Disney Plus, I'm just saying I think Spotify and Disney are going to go into works and you got this big, and then they're going to Spotify is going to have exclusive access to all of Disney's old soundtracks and uh, soundtracks and oh the, fro- the Frozen Two soundtrack. Yeah, they're going to. Have- I cannot even lie. I saw the trailer for Frozen Two. That shit looks fire as hell. <laughs> I saw Frozen, like, because, like, Quiet is Kept, like, the Frozen movies, they're not bad. They're Disney. Quiet is Kept. You know, people Disney fucking movies, love that shit, dog. Like, Frozen, like, Frozen is not, it's not, a, it's not a bad, like, if you have to watch that a hundred times, like, Frozen is not, I'm like. I'm not about to sit here and watch like it. I think you have to watch it movie about yeah, two white women. I think I can watch it. <laughs> I'm not. Like, it's, 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 one, it's one of those, where it's just, like, it's, it's. Maybe because I'm the type of person I like that for. I Two like white for, women. I, I like no. <laughs> I, I'll go watch Broad City. I, I, I feel you. I, I see you Frozen. I, I, I appreciate formula. You fucked with Frozen kid. <laughs> yeah, I won't say that. I fuck with formulated form, formulated movie plots. Like straight up, like this happened and then this happened and then it's the climax and then it's the disposition and then it's the end of the movie. I fuck with formulated movies 100. percent So Frozen, I thought Frozen was great. So Two white fuck? women, one guy's a fuck guy, the other guy's kind of useless, but he's lovable. You know the problem with Frozen is that goddamn song. Let it go? Yes. It it just it's just everywhere. It was everywhere. That, yeah, song, was. Was. that yeah. song was so big in Kingdom Hearts 3. That's it had the entire song. Just it's just a cutscene of them just singing that's that because song. Because they couldn't actually use parts from the movie. They yeah. had to they could they could only afford the song. 
So they were like, all right, we're just going to use this song as the focal point because they didn't use the world. They didn't really use plots from the story. They, I guess. I don't know. My only experience of that movie is fucking Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts. Hearts <laughs> but I do understand what you're saying. I have seen it. Um, I hate kid movies. I have to, and I, I, you know, but. <laughs> is it because you have to watch them? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's I what it like is. That's a valid. That's a valid yeah, argument. Maybe that's what it is. Like I have to sit there and rewatch all these Disney movies and stuff like that, and it's just like these things are like. Why should I force? I, I made my kids watch. Uh, have you guys seen the Beastmaster? Beastmaster. It sounds familiar. Ah, it's like a. It's like maybe like a seventies, eighties, like, yeah. like real life. It's, it's like. Uh, uh, Coral off the Barbarian, but not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think I've seen Beastmaster. Yeah. I thought it was a lot better than what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, Kendall, my oldest, you got to watch Beastmaster. And I felt so bad because I sat there and made him watch this. And I'm like, this is not good. They were making fun of it, they were mocking the thing and stuff <laughs> like that. And I was like, all right, we're going to try it again. So we watched Ghostbusters. And we watched the we watched the first one Friday, and then we just finished the second one uh, last night. And I'm like, these were cool, but the entertainment value that I got just wasn't there I for think, them again. I think because you see so much, they can do so much more now with like animation and things like that. It kind of pulled. I don't think I the think, stories I, I think were, were kids, as good as, as I thought they were. Because that was just like, so like, probably just super trophy. Yeah, it's, yeah, all, just, yeah. it's super Very trophy. So. And it's also like. Thing, if we think things are formulated like nowadays, we can tell like, oh, this is a form. Like you said, the Disney formula. I don't think as a child or even back then we could tell the formula as much because we wouldn't get as much content. I also I mean? think you're right. I think things are so much more advanced now that the things that mm-hmm. hit for us back then because we had limited access to that technology, mm-hmm. we had to use our imagination a lot more. Yeah. So we were really in our heads making a lot of this stuff come alive. You're like, oh, I get the idea you're going for. Yeah. 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 Is Disney going to get Harriet? No. They should not. <laughs> Nobody should get Harriet. Leave that shit where it's at. <laughs> and I haven't even seen the movie. I don't need to see the movie. Bro, I've seen enough rules. a bunch of propaganda. Who, who, this- who greenlit this shit? Who, who was like, yeah, like, why did it, like, why did it take so? Why did it need. take so long for like the most important information about the film to like to get out? Like, why did it take? Why did it take so long? Because like when it first came out, when the trailer came out, How it was you like, make yes, Harriet a white Harriet. savior film. How? How? That's I, I've heard, uh, from people. Who've seen, literally impossible. From people who've seen the film, I've heard that's an over exaggeration. Like, did it happen? Did it happen? If you okay, if you can, if I can sit here and make that parallel, I don't give a damn if it's an over exaggeration. The like, fact did, that right. they could be associated did, with right. that movie in go. any way, shape, or form, that is a red flag. We can't give them an out. We can't. I'll give you that. We let's, can't. Let's over exaggeration. Are you trying to be cute with the words? No. Did it happen? If it did, <laughs> yes. Then that's, that's what it is. That's like that's the thing. It's like that's if they that's did That's a white person's argument. It's an over exaggeration. If, if, if they did it, then it was like no. The fact that you did it is like no. Like, <laughs> it's like no. one of the most gangster characters we have in African American history gets saved by a white person. The very person people Bro, think I wish, she was against. I wish we could have known about it. So we could have bullied them the same way we bullied that old ugly Sonic into this new glorious, <laughs> accurate depiction of Sonic. Never came out. Isn't, isn't it the, isn't it the same? I live with that too. It, it never coming Absolutely, out. Yes. Isn't it? Isn't it the same argument for Django? Oh, I hate Django. Like this, this is it's the same. It's the same argument where there's the, this, enough it's killing this, in Django for me to. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what everybody. Uh, uh. 
I actually watched Inglorious Bastard today. He, he, Quentin Tarantino, he's still fitting a nigger in that movie. There was no need it was like, for right, it. There was no need for right, it at uh, all. Let's give this French woman a black boyfriend. That's <laughs> all right. Like, there was slut in my nigger. Real it, wasn't, it, was, it wasn't even in, in any point. It was, that wasn't even involved with that situation at all. They just had a scene where they were in a um, in a restaurant and they were just they were just talking about the Olympics. And the, oh yeah! Like there was no just like there was no need for that. It like, never is. Like like why like why? Have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yes. I was waiting for it, and I was yeah, so disappointed. Yeah, that was like when I saw it. It's like I was like, "Where's?" It's like where's Waldo for the, like for that film? It's like yes. where, where's like where, where is he gonna fit it in? You know what's gonna happen. He wanted to, but he, I think he knows. You can tell. Like, you can, like, yes, you, you, like, you can tell. Like, that's the fight. That was like the the what is it? The the, um, the tension in that movie is finding out when when he's gonna drop the end bomb. Yeah. But he attacked the Mexicans instead. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that, what he did. That was, that was what he was like. What uh, when I'm he was sure. in front of the valets, like don't 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 cry in front of the Mexicans. I was yeah. like, there was like, why would you say that? Right. Like, why I'm would... sure that hit well with the Maga supporters. So yeah. the red yeah. hats. Yeah, the red hats. It was like yeah. I, I thought. I, honestly, I thought that scene was so hilarious because of the fact that maybe, maybe retrospectively, I thought that scene was so hilarious because he didn't say the n word, but he directly just like had, had yep. went out of his way, went out of his way to go to, to, to talk about Mexicans. I was just like, that's <laughs> like it's, it's, I, I thought I, I wasn't thought it was about hilarious. to get racist. <laughs> you let your guard down. <laughs> yeah, but but the fact that they did manage to keep that part that plot. In the movie, that whole thing that happened, quiet, uh, was really good. That uh, I, I don't know how they did that, but congratulations. But I'm glad it flopped, and it needs to flop. Like, yeah, you got to vote with your wallet sometimes. This is true. So none none of us are going to go see Harry. Fuck no. no. I won't even watch a bootleg of that shit. I almost bust out laughing when I had I have like when my white coworkers said that they were going to see uh, Harry. Like, yeah, we're going to see Harry this weekend. I was just like. <laughs> You know, I think it would like be I good for like, my guilt. Like I wanted, I wanted to say something. I was like, uh, no, just just enjoy the film. Let me ask you all this: When you first heard about it, what was the reaction? Did you did, was there any? Idea? I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, you know, the we, movie itself. Yeah, I was like, yeah, Harry, the, like, a Harriet Tubman movie. I'm, I'm like, like, okay, I, I'm opposed to slave movies, but I'm like, all right, this is Harriet Tubman. Yeah, right. you know, like, what I'm saying, this Harriet is Tubman. Moses. This, I was this like, this is the last one. Like, real okay, one. if they're if they're gonna do if they're gonna continue to make slave movies, this has to be the last one. The last one. You got to put a cap on it with it up. And yeah. I think maybe that's the age cap here. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they're going to fuck this up. Because there's no way they can make this that movie without doing what they did. And it wouldn't have been great. I think the more, egregious, not, the more egregious thing, besides like the white savior aspect of it, is the fact that like, even if you say he's the main villain because he's the slave owner, She's being chased the entire time by a black slave catcher. Yeah. So it's like you can't even have a white man just be the single villain of what the movie. What if they're trying to make a parallel between uh, like human trafficking? They're not. But okay, cool. Let's go with that. The, the wildest thing about Harriet Tubman was that she was so feared by white people because she's giving us, you know, the enslaved Africans so much hope that they had like a bounty on her head that for, today would equivalent like $20 million. Yeah. So, like, you black person, I give you your, I will give you your freedom plus twenty million dollars if you tell me where Harry Tubman is. I think you're right. The subliminal, the yeah. imagery that it it puts out there, this black woman that's trying to feed free black people is being chased by a black, black man, man for money. Yeah. So it's like that, what for, 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 his, for his own freedom. 
Yeah, right. or even if he, or even Sell if, he, out. or even if he's free, he's trying to keep you down, and by keeping you he down, he went down. <laughs> <laughs> but I got him tryouts. What do you mean? <laughs> right here in Atlanta. Hey man, he did give him tryouts. On oh, no, Saturday. Let's not. Let's oh, this, not. Is not, <laughs> this is not a sports podcast. Who here? I just got to say, it's like the last episode of the French Prince. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the record, because you just said he did get him a trials. Did you hear why he got him a trial? Because he caught flack for it. All right, that's not yeah. genuine, bro. We can't. I can't. We can't give him credit for that because his reputation took a hit. That's not sincere. That took a reputation. No, that, it really was like here, nigga. Damn. That's <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. You can right. Try, it's like. Yeah, it was bullshit. Like it was nah. a big, it was a big deal. Of I was like my, my other coworkers, like, yeah, but it's a Saturday when you need to be like nobody's there on a Saturday because they're on the road. Like if you're gonna be working no, out, whole, you need to do it on the. But it, that's you know that's yeah. uh, and the whole thing was uh, it was shady. Like you know, um, no media could be there. So NFL, they was gonna tell you Colin Kaepernick did. He didn't. You know, you couldn't see it for yourself. Um, they made him sign a, a waiver, basically saying like if anything happens, they wanted him to liable. sign. Cal- Cal- yeah, he's like, like no. Nah. That's why he he switched it. And he worked out at Atlanta High School with the media president. He's like, hey, and if you want to come, you can come. This is what's gonna happen. And a scout still showed up, and they still like said, eight. oh, he did good. Yeah, but, but only eleven. I, well, I think I think twenty four, maybe eleven. They're apparently twenty five were, were at the uh, yeah. Mercedes Benz Stadium. But I think the other thing is, and what I also heard. Is that the re- the other reason is that they were trying to avoid a potential second lawsuit, mm-hmm. and that this whole thing was orchestrated not by Jay Z but by uh, the NFL's lawyer Jeffrey Pash. Yeah, we'll find out. All the stuff is starting to come out, but let's not give Jay Z credit for getting this dude a workout because his reputation took a hit. We can't do that again. It's not right, man. It's not right. That's not sincere. That's what happened. Of course, you can't excuse Jay Z for that. And it's all here saying we it's don't all know. Here saying, yeah. it's saying, it's saying, like it's all right. Yeah. It's someone reported that you didn't even know Jay Z got him to work out. This could be something the NFL had planned. It's just some one person, Adam Schefter, who's a respected uh, yeah. reporter. He's came out and said, "Oh, this is from Jay Z. A source has told me that Jay Z said this." And like, like it's, it's kind of weird. Like, what are the details of putting the deals <coughs> together? Like, who was get, who was getting who was in who was who was in that conversation where Jay Z says out loud, "Oh yeah, we gonna get him because I took like who how, like what conversation like how yeah, was I that? I don't understand how that like, conversation what, what, comes the, about. Oh, it sounds like something he would say though. Like just out loud. Like you need yes. to get no, him saying you need to get Colin Ka- you need to get Colin Kaepernick back into the league. That doesn't sound that far fetched. But, but we need to get him a workout because I took a hit because of you know whatever deal yeah, that I put together. Yeah, that's the part. I was like, I like, like he said, like he said that. I, I could like, totally yeah, see him like, saying. I don't, that. I don't know. I don't. I never met Jay Z personally. I don't know what type of man he is. I can't say what he was. Jay Z is all about do. business, but Jay Z wasn't prepared for the backlash that he got from his own people, quote unquote. Nah, and that's that was it was fierce. It was, and it's the, and if there's anything, I was like. For me personally, looking at that, I thought I was like, right, "What's the I, what's the point of having like black equity? Like yeah. you do all these everything Jay Z has done for black people, which you can't say, whatever, right? Yeah. He helped out, <laughs> he helped certain people out. He did this, he, he did, did that. Granted, he has the whole Brooklyn Nets uh, fiasco at Barclays Center, and right, a lot of people yep. hold that against them. So twists, well, we should, and you should, but you can also look justification. You can also look at this as him, which from him when he explained is like, I didn't think. It was explained to me that a lot of black people were going to get jobs. A lot of black people did get jobs, but 
what he didn't. That's how white people work. Yeah, but he what he didn't account for was that oh, this is going to bring the property values up so much that besides the people we had to pay to move out, the people in the surrounding areas aren't going to be able to afford to live here, despite the fact they not have a better a, high, a better paying job. They might be in even a worse off position, and that's something he didn't like. Really and then I even for. heard the jobs at the at at the. Um Wherever they play. Barclay Center. Yeah, Bar- Barclay Center. They were going to white people. So I heard black people weren't even getting those jobs. Yeah. So it, you could look at that as like his biggest debacle. And you can almost say that, okay, he learned from that situation. And this was his redemption arc. This is him trying to make that right. Where? With him trying to work. The NFL in, deal? With him trying to work in That NFL. was him trying to line his pockets. Eh. I, he he sold the movie. I, I, can, I can see that. But, again, I, I it's something I don't think we're ever really going to be able to see until like 10, 15, 20 years from now. If you, he's like, huh, that, Jay, that, that work Jay-Z did with the NFL resulted in X, Y, and Z. We don't, I don't know, we don't know. I think it's still too early to tell, personally, especially for something like so sensitive about, about this particular topic. You feel me? You know what? I think uh, when, when, when Lincoln did the Emancipation Proclamation, yeah, I, we probably thought things were cushed there. It was like, oh, let's take a wait and see approach. And what did that do? This Not a damn thing. This is true. So <clears throat> sometimes we got to see things for what it is. No, no. And, right. you know, call it out for what it is. And if it turns to be, if it, if it ends up being something else, great. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. Everybody else that criticized it was wrong. But. Nah, bro, like, because we have to be together. We have to stick together. This was the one thing that, for the most part, a lot of African Americans was together on. Mm-hmm. Even Jay-Z was with us. He took a shot in a, in a song. We all know this. And for him to turn around and do that without even talking to the brother and then to go and say, hey, get this man to work out because my reputation took a hit. When it was something he could have did in the on the front end, that's not a good look, and it shows what his intent. It feels like that's what his intent was, was for him to come out looking great, and it backfired. And to salvage this, it was like get this man to work out, and then that backfired. So now he's coming out and saying, "Oh, Colin did this as a PR stunt." Nah, Negro, that was you and your NFL partners. You being the seat at the table. So, and what is that doing for everybody? White people, man, they will, as because we still have a lot of old white people that are still alive, Mm. and they're going to have to die off. Um, Okay, boomers. (laughs) Yes, that is me. I tweeted about this. I tweeted, I guess I'm a boomer now. You got to reclaim it, boomer. Yes. Boomer. Boomer, is that what it is? Boomer. Yeah, so we see in Congress, right? So we see what AOC and all these young bucks coming in, they kind of shaking things right. Yeah. Um, it's going to have, but the thing is, a lot of the white people are teaching their kids, but that's a whole other thing. But while they have majority control of what's going on, it's going to take a while for you guys to get in and infiltrate and knock down the system. Yeah. You know? And- so him having a seat at the t- table is great, but it's still a lot of old white money that's sitting at that table. And Jay-Z turns it to Steven from Django. Let's bring that back around. No, yeah. 
Yeah, I again, I think it comes comes down to do you value one? Do you believe in the idea of an ethical billionaire? No. And then no such thing. And the, the NFL is made up of thirty uh-huh. of thirty two billionaires who have money. So it's like, okay, who, where should this money be dictated, and what's the most important thing here? Like even when he said that line about uh, we are, I think we are beyond kneeling, which a lot of people took like offense to. Which I can see why someone would take offense to that, right? But it's like someone has to be, someone has to coordinate. So like for example, I think I spoke about this before. Um, the owner of the Detroit Lions, she is like the descendant of Henry Ford, and at some point in time, the the Ford family and like the Firestone family, the Firestone Tire family, they married, and she's like that person. She's like descendant of that person, right? So she has a lot of money, essentially what I'm saying, right? So she went to Detroit when everyone was kneeling. She went to all the players in the Detroit locker, in the Detroit Lions locker room, said, hey, that kneeling shit ain't about to happen. But what I will do, I have a blank check. Any of you players, all 53 of you, tell me what cause, mm-hmm. what what um, what sentiment, what, what event, whatever you need, I will write you, I will give you a blank check for any amount of money that you need to help whatever cause you feel needs to be helped with. Just don't kneel and don't speak about it. Then it becomes like, what's more important? Is the money that you can gain for from this association, is that more important than you taking a, a open stand to, for, for your people? Like what, and then I think that's the idea behind all of this. Even Jay-Z being at, like, at the seat of the table is they, it's all these people with money. The NFL doesn't give a damn about black people whatever, right? They only care enough for the athletes that black, the black community can produce, Right. So I think what it's going to come down to is they know they have to do something and they need somebody to do it. If they would have hired a white person for this role, I think people would have given the example of, well, why didn't you hire a Jay-Z? Why didn't you hire a Diddy? Why didn't you put someone from the culture into this role? A white person to be in charge of entertainment, halftime entertainment? Yeah, halftime entertainment or even the idea of the NFL outreach program, which is supposed to be like the other half of what he's supposed to be doing. I think it would have stopped at the halftime entertainment. They couldn't give a white person a, the social outreach job. They would have probably had to find another black person. Yeah, but if it wasn't, it, okay, they don't, they don't give it to someone culturally relevant as Jay. Jay-Z was the – if for someone for that job, for, for what the NFL wanted to do, I think Jay-Z was the best person for that person to be. If they had to pick if, they, if you had to pick somebody, you couldn't pick someone more culturally relevant than Jay-Z. No, so I don't think any so they thought. Yeah. I don't think anyone could have predicted. It sounds it all sounds great on paper. We yeah, fu- yeah. we fucked up. We need somebody that the culture respects to help us get back on track. And we're not just picking some some random person. No, we're gonna pick this person who's already spoken against us. I think NFL is thinking, oh, because you've already gone against us, us showing we're working with you, showing it's it's uh not to say we're not against Kaepernick. We're working with somebody who's already against us, and we can show we can work with him. That means also we can show we can work with Kaepernick. I can see the bigger picture the NFL was looking at. They just didn't know niggas would hate it so much, and that's what no one because we're not falling for the bullshit no more. Yeah. And and that's what it is. Like we see what we everybody sees it. White folks know what's happening when this dude is being blackballed. Everybody got a job except him. Kenny Stills in Houston is still taking a knee. You know one's saying anything. To this it. day. And they're not saying anything. Eric Reed is still out there talking mad shit. He got a job. Oh, they about to get his ass out now. Cause he cause he he causes too much trouble. Uh, Michael Bennett, they eventually got his ass to stand up, but he was still taking a knee. So you have all of these people that was part of it, 
that are still vocal or taking knees. And the one person that started it all can't get a job. That's like taking everybody below Martin Luther King or Malcolm X and giving them jobs and saying, yeah, we can't give, we can't let him come in here because he's the one that started all because you're sending a message. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's what it is, man. And for Jay Z to kind of go against that, it was a betrayal. Thank you. Harsh that. words, but but speaking of black ball, Monique has finally gone through and sued Netflix on the basis of gender and race discrimination. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Hey, it's America, I mean, man. You can sue anybody and yeah. get paid. So her, Might as well. So her basis is that because she's a black woman, she has been paid. She was offered significantly less than her black counterparts, who were, you know, like Dave Chappelle's, the Chris Rocks. Dave Chappelle uh, got like sixty million for like three specials. Chris Rock got forty million for two specials. Um, the uh, I want to say Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld, he got for uh, comedians in cars drinking coffee, and I think. For that, and I think a special, I think he's supposed to do. I, th- I think he got like, he's supposedly got like a hundred million dollars. Um, there's rumor Eddie Murphy's gonna do a Netflix his return to comedy. He's yeah, gonna, he is. He's gonna do a he's gonna get a hundred million dollars. Yep. For a special, um, Amy Schumer got eleven million dollars. Who's a, you know the white woman Amy Schumer? Does so, D, does DL Hughley have a Netflix special? I don't think so. Does any of the other Kings of Comedy have a Netflix special? No. They may have specials on, on Netflix, Netflix, but, but none of them have, have a. Netflix I think DL does have one. Somebody fact check that. I think I don't know. I don't know. Dion Cole has one. That's the name, right? He, he, he's not a king of comedy. He's not a king of comedy. I'm, I'm trying to think if anybody, if it, anybody from that era, like let's say, let's say, uh, let's say DL Hughley has a Netflix special. If she, if she, if she got paid significantly less than him, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. But to say from. Jerry Seinfeld's, the Dave Chappelle's, the Eddie Murphy's. I think that's I think that's relatively different because of the amount of pull those comedians have versus the pull that Monique has. Yeah, and Monique will argue that she is the only comedian that has an Oscar, that she has been on successful TV shows, she is a culturally relevant. Congratulations. But when you named all those people, <clears throat> the only thing I heard are people that are comedians. That people will watch, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the people are going to watch those comedians. I can't say that I'm going. I, no, no. I I feel you. I don't. At a, at a higher volume, that's worth the money that they're being paid. Mm-hmm. I should say. Um, people still love Seinfeld. Dale Hughley does have a special on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever, whatever he, whatever he got paid, it came out last year. Whatever. If she, if she can, get, I feel like she can get paid. If anything, equal or more than Deal Hugo. Because I think they're about the same tier. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, it's like they're the same when it comes to, yeah. like, if people, I feel like the people who are going to see Monique are the same people who are going to see Deal Hugo. Yeah, and I think even in further into her lawsuit, I think she said even like Tiffany Haddish, you know, she got a big deal from Netflix. If you look at her production deal of Netflix and what she got paid, compare that to other white men or white women or black men, it's still significantly less. Than what those other what her counterparts would have gotten. So Netflix is discriminating against black women specifically. And I think that's the basis of her of her lawsuit. And you know, honestly, I believe it. Shit, like black women always get the short end of the yeah, stick. Women so. get the short end of the stick. Black women get 
Oh, they catch no it. stick, mm-hmm. like just straight up, like so. You know, she just got a valid complaint, and she should sue their ass. No, she could. If you can get your money, get your money. I'm never going to. And then get a special. <laughs> and then get a special. So she has to have a case somewhere. Yeah, I think if she's taking them to court. And Netflix is probably just going to settle out of court. Cause I don't think they can use the the public backlash. That they, well, that they uh, if, if there will be one, because I think people will still laugh at Monique, the fact that she's doing this. Um, I think, well, she can't come out and make a a public argument because that'll probably weaken her case. <clears throat> yeah. Did how, how much did she say she was offered? Was it like was it like three hundred k? I think she said she got offered five hundred thousand. Which other comedians have come out and said that that is significantly more than what Netflix offered them. Granted, they're not nearly as recognizable name as Monique, but they said that's way more than what I got. Yeah, I felt for five hundred k. Okay, Monique. Okay, she. I would say that she's more. She's worth more than five hundred k. Yeah, and also Netflix had a not a CEO, but one of the top people on Netflix, who's like the director of content or whatever. He said nigger one time, and he used a lot of. That's what the N stands for. <laughs> yeah, and he uh, had. Nigger flips. <laughs> Y'all still watching? <laughs> he had a lot of. Uh, eventually, he was so problematic on like conference calls and in meetings that they. Is he Papa John? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like yeah, sir. It's you're like on the phone with each other. <laughs> Somebody was like, like, we got Essentially, this. like Netflix had to get rid of him based off like, yeah. yeah. He thought it was Tarantino. How like, not leak out? How about just not hearing about this? I think that's why we got I'm the all, account I'm Strong only, Black Lead. I think that's yeah, where it came from. No, <laughs> no, literally, I think Strong Black Lead came out around the same time all this uh, content from Monique. And uh, Monique was, when she first started going against Netflix, that's when Strong Black Lead, like a Twitter account, popped up. And essentially, all Strong Black Lead does is, hey, if there's anything black you want to know about Netflix or want about any black shows, you ask Strong Black Lead, they tell you. Like oh yeah, all y'all keep adding me for when this love drone is gonna be in there. Here, here you go. Guess what? So essentially, if November. You, name a black movie that isn't on Netflix that you think should be on Netflix. If you get enough people to add a strong black lead, you can reasonably assume they're gonna go to Netflix and say, "Hey, Soul play." Sure. Whew. I think that was already on Netflix. I think nobody, it is nobody needs that. It was. Yeah, Soul yeah. Play. Oh. It was. It was like late. It was like early Netflix stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, like, like maybe maybe like 2012, like, you can you can catch like Showplay DVD Netflix. DVD Netflix? Vampire Brooklyn. <laughs> I, I think that's... I think that's yeah. I think they've been fucking with Eddie Murphy lately, so... Oh, yeah, they'll put that on there. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I think Vampire Brooklyn is in there. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Eddie Murphy, uh, and speaking of Netflix, Beverly Hills Cop, Beverly Hills Cop 4 is supposed to be coming to Netflix early, like 2021. That, oh, that's the, that's, that's the throw Eddie a ball. Yeah, yeah. you're Ford, right. Ford, we already, we yeah. already get the first two. I mean, they're gonna get, <laughs> their, fourth, their fourth win isn't that necessary. We already got the first oh, no, two. I'm saying, they, they probably have to justify giving him $100 million for one for one special. It's all right. You do it as a special. We already got Man, Dolomite. He's OG. It's Andy Murphy. Like, he only has, what, two, three comedy specials? Total? What, Raw? Raw Delirious? Delirious. And then he just, he just popped after that? I think he did. I, think I mean, because he, he had that, he was on Saturday Night Live. Yep. Yeah, oh, so yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. He just went on and started doing movies. Yeah, yeah. he saved Saturday Night Live. Yeah. yeah he, he he's a bit, like, essentially what Keenan is doing now. They did Boomerang, which is like the first time it was all black yep. people in a movie. All black cast. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop showed that he was uh It's kind of like the Will Smith of, of, of comedy. Yeah. If you draw a parallel between the two, a couple of 
hot singles and maybe pop them My off. My girl likes to party all the time. That's his, that's his wild, wild west. Yeah. Hey, man, that, that sounds hard. That sounds hard. That's your, that's your slap, though. <laughs> it did at the time. But now, it, you know. It, it did? I'm just saying. It, it, it was a I hit mean, because it was Eddie Murphy. I mean, if but you consume really a certain amount of blow, I'm sure it does. But <laughs> you can say that by just about anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to support Monique in this, even though I think I kind of. Like, we we covered this when it happened, and, um, you know, I I think at the time it was like, when you're comparing yourself to these other people, um, you probably were not worth as much as you thought you were, so your ego was probably in the way. Mm-hmm. But with her adding Tiffany Haddish into it, and her saying that she was offered less than her white male counterparts, so maybe even female right. too. And I can see her like I'm with it. Getting more like consulting with more actresses that are in Netflix's sort of wheelhouse and seeing yep. like doing the pay yep. comparison. Yeah, to that, see what's what. Said, that's what she did. She went to all the black uh, women who work with Netflix and yeah. see all the numbers they got, and then what? And it ain't that hard to find out how much so and so person is getting, so and so person is getting. Granted, are there outliers? Sure. Um. What's the lady that ran Scandal and all those and all those shows? Uh, Shonda Rhimes. Yeah. Yes. Then she signed a big, a huge multi-million dollar deal with Netflix. But that makes sense. She's bringing probably multiple shows to Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a whole fucking yeah bundle. Yeah. So of course you can point to an a outlier, but it's always going to be a outlier. You feel me? The same with like uh, Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle getting. Sixty and forty million dollars for Netflix. You gonna assume those are outliers? Are the is the average white comedian who's on the, who has a special on Netflix? Are they getting the same? Yeah, let's amount say Dane. Let's say Dane Cook makes a. Makes Dear a God, Dane Cook doesn't deserve any more than fucking twenty five k. I hate Dane Cook, dog. He's you a, always hated Dane Cook. That's a nigga. Pretty with a pu- much. That's a nigga with a puppet, right? He's not funny though, right? He's not funny. He, that's what, I, his, maybe, his, because, maybe because of the environment I was in high school, like the people I like, the, I was in the, the drum line, and all those, all those kids love Dane. They love Dane Cook. That's what's wrong it's with this generation. Like, it, it, they grew up on fucking Dane Cook. It's a, it's a very specific halfway yelling type of humor I, that people oh, have. Like uh, uh, the guy that died. Oh my god. He was a comedian that I did. He he did a lot of yelling too. Chris Farley? No, well he was one. Dane Cook's like a starts with an S. He makes he makes comedy for frat guys. But I thought he, he makes still comedy for jokes Chads. though, right? I thought I heard that he steals jokes. Dane Cook probably. Mm, sure. I think I think he stole a couple of jokes. I mean, I've I could see him appropriating a few jokes. <laughs> but that is a good point. I think maybe if Dane Cook got a higher paycheck than Monique, then there's something wrong. Because one thing about us is we going to show up. Mm-hmm. You put Monique on TV, like people that were out when she was gr- coming around with Kings of uh, Dev Comedy Jam, oh, we're going to watch it because it's Monique. We, you yeah. know, it's, it's funny. Um, Her name holds weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people my age, no pun intended. above, and maybe a little bit lower, they're going to go watch Monique do a special. It's up to her to be funny. So she's it's probably like, yeah. even with all this is the greatest marketing ever. So like with all with all the hell you're raising with the special. Oh, what if she makes a documentary and puts it on Netflix? 
No, the power play is you do <laughs> no. The power play is you do a documentary, and you have your special, and you put it on HBO Max because HBO used to be the home for specials, and then Netflix it used to be the home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. comedy specials. Comedy Ooh, yeah. And, and Netflix has been kind of stealing their wave lately. So if HBO again, this is a big power play. If HBO decides to do this, they do a, they shoot the documentary, and she has a comedy special, and then her whole comedy special is her just going at Netflix and the other people who who you know talk shit about her. With all the hype you're building up about it, it'd be like okay, and then HBO's like oh, all these numbers are going to str- go right here because everyone's going to have to see. Everyone wants to know like wh- when she does drop a special, you have to see because like all right, all this content you got, all everything you you got out here, let's let's see. You feel me? Like was it was it worth? I would like to see it. Yeah, I would like to see it. I I want to know. Right. I I sign up for a three day trial of HBO Max or something. Or go over to somebody's house to watch <laughs> See, it. See, HBO need they need to consolidate their plans. I was looking at that the other day. They got HBO Go. They got HBO Now. And now they got this damn HBO Max. Yeah, yeah I think so, Max is just gonna yeah, it's gonna eat all those. Yeah, so it's you, gonna be both of them together. Yeah, it's so, just gonna be everything. Yeah, so, oh, finally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think if you pay for HBO Now, which is fifteen dollars a month, yeah, which is I like, do. You're gonna you automatically get HBO Max for free. Damn right, I better. Yeah, so when I'm they, writing a letter like white people. <laughs> so when it launches, you get um. They actually had a, a big list of everything they, they're coming out with. Yeah, so when it launches, you're gonna get uh, like the Insecures and the Game of Thrones. You're gonna get all their classic shows, so The Wire. Um, Why well, should all that now? Because I pay for HBO now. Yeah, yeah, but you're gonna get. I'm saying this all stuff comes with the app. Um, the new stuff they're bringing, the new Adventure Time, uh, selected show, selected animes curated by Crunchyroll. Uh, Looney Tunes. Wait, Crunchyroll is a part of that too? Crunch, yeah. Select anime Crunchyroll is going to bring <coughs> in. Um, you get all 50 seasons of Sesame Street, Looney Tunes, uh, the DC Universe, that streaming service DC has and no one uses. Yeah. Oh. They're going to transfer some of their shows over to They HBO. do have good animated. Oh, DC is animated yeah. like, that shit slaps. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah. Anything else? Anybody? Has any more controversial truths they want to get off their chest before we go ahead and wrap? I'm good. Yeah, I think I've I think I've <laughs> said Jay Z portrayed black folks. I think I've yeah. You said Jay Z portrayed black folks and that the black album was overrated. This is great. This is a great episode. Well, uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at SpeedwagonX. You can follow us collectively at Three Piece Set Pod. Uh, Check us out, like, comment, subscribe. Ashton, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ash underscore Duck underscore Stampede, A underscore Sun 10, everywhere else. Josh, where can we find you? I know Jones everywhere. Ken, tell, give us your whole spiel. I wish I was had one, so I could just say that too. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I can't. Um, yeah, I think you can find um, me with uh, Dead End. So just uh, start with Dead End Hip Hop. And then you can go to Danny Podcast, and then I have all the uh, podcast shows I'm part of. And you can yell at me on Twitter at Kenneth B. Inge. That's K-E-N-N-I-T-H-B-I-N-G-E on Twitter or Instagram at K-B-I-N-G-E. And, yeah, that's it. That'll, 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 be, that'll be it. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Three Piece Set is your favorite bi-weekly podcast. As always, thanks for checking us out. Uh, Shouts out to Dead End once again, and it's been a No It's Good production.